0: Star Wars All In is a community of fans for all things Star Wars. We want to share our fandom with you, and we'd love for you to share yours with us. Find us on
1: Twitter and Instagram by searching Star Wars All In. Also, search on Facebook to join in the conversation with our private group. We would love to hear from you.
0: Hey everybody, it's time for another episode of Star Wars All In, the show that goes all in on all the details of the galaxy far, far away. My name is Mac, and I'm joined tonight by a couple Jedi archivists, including my good friend
1: Ross. Hey Mac, great to be back tonight recording. I'm excited about tonight because we have a little bit of a different group here. We have a guest, and our guest is none other than our friend Tavon. Tavon, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're excited. We're so I, glad to have you. I, yeah, we're happy you're here. We're excited to talk Star Wars with you. So, Tavon, the reason we have you here tonight is because you're a new Star Wars fan. Mm. You're you're someone who Damn. only just recently got into Star Wars because, uh, well, we, we kind of made you. <laughs> we we, we, we kind of made you watch it, you know? That and, makes it sound so much more sinister.
2: <laughs> well, we
0: greatly encouraged him over... Yeah. We... You told we thought us it you, was in your best interest. No, that sounds shady. Yeah, too. yeah, uh, you Told yeah. us you had never seen Star Wars, yeah. and <laughs> all of
1: these are right by that. the way. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just tell us a little bit about yourself, Tavon. Um. Wow. This is always hard. Um, yeah. I, get that. I yeah. I just I love experiencing things like this. I love I love comic books. I love anything with world building i mm, geek out sure. about a lot star wars has a little of that uh, just a smidge <laughs> yeah. you know um but it, i think you got you the thing about it is you guys knew that i was gonna like it um because you guys yeah. know me we, we thought um so about. right so it was it was definitely recommended you know strongly mm-hmm. from you guys but I, I loved it. Yeah, I I really I'm really bad about speaking about myself. No, that's okay. That's <laughs> so okay. But that you gives know, us an idea. And Devon, you had never seen any
1: Star Wars movies before. You had watched them this last time, right? No. So now you've seen them all twice, with the yes. exception of Solo. We'll probably yes. get to talk about that more as we go. Mm-hmm. So you're a new fan. You're getting into all of this, and it, it's safe to say you liked them,
3: right? You had a good time with it. Yeah, I I would even go. I would even say that I love, I love the universe oh, and okay. I, I love what Star Wars is. So, yeah. Well, good, good. Yeah. So we'll look forward to seeing you at Celebration next
1: year. And, <laughs> uh, you know, we'll make sure that we get you a list of all the books you need to read. and The required reading list. Uh, yeah. uh, exactly. Exactly. I have a good website for that. I'll recommend to you later. Uh, so this is great. I mean, I just want to jump in and talk Star Wars.
3: I think that's I, what we should do. I, I think let's yeah. let's do it. So I'm really excited about it.
1: We, we've got a couple segments coming up tonight. Why don't you tell us what we're going to be listening to?
0: So the itinerary for this evening's version of Star Wars All In is we're going to be talking to Devon about his experience, about what is it like to be a new fan entering the galaxy mm-hmm. here in 2019? What is it like on the eve of Rise of Skywalker to kind of digest, almost binge the entire 10 mm-hmm. movies uh, that we have of Star Wars right now before we get to number 11? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're going to mm-hmm. talk about that for probably about an hour it's going to be a big segment then we're going to follow that up we're going to be talking a little bit about our sometimes new favorite droid K2SO the uh, reprogrammed Imperial droid we're going to talk to him about for about 25 minutes and then we're going to end tonight by talking to the Holdo maneuver the interesting, fascinating and sometimes controversial maneuver from The Last Jedi we'll talk about that for about 20 minutes Fantastic. It sounds good to me.
1: Tavon, you ready? I'm all in. You have all your Star Wars knowledge prepped. Did you take notes? Um
0: we'll say that i did beautiful beautiful I, I love it all right that's okay ross has got enough notes for both uh, he has enough uh, notes for everybody yeah. i like to be prepared okay i need to get one of
1: those ipad stands that hold it on my mic that way i can just flip through. you just have it i just want it right in my eye all right mac once we start the patreon
0: first goal yeah all right new <laughs> mic
1: stands beautiful all right well let's jump right in let's all talk right. about it
0: all right we're excited to get started and we're gonna get started here in just a moment
2: Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. 20th Century Fox and George Lucas, the man who brought you American Graffiti, now bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. It's a big, sprawling space saga of
3: rebellion and romance. a spectacle like years ahead of its time. It's an epic of heroes and villains and aliens from a thousand worlds. Star Wars. A billion years in the making, and it's coming to your
1: galaxy
2: this summer.
1: Hello, Star Wars fans. Welcome back to Star Wars All In. We are about to start a segment here that Mac and I are very excited about because we have a brand new fan to the Star Wars galaxy here with us tonight. Mac. Are you excited to talk about Star Wars? I'm very excited to talk about Star Wars. Good. Tavon, are you excited to talk about Star Wars? I'm super pumped. Awesome. I'm ready. So tonight, we have Tavon here with us. Now, Tavon is a friend of ours, and recently, he watched Star Wars for the very first time.
0: Which is just a wild concept.
1: I know, right? Mac and I really can't understand what watching Star Wars in 2019 is like. So we wanted to have someone on who has had that experience, who watched Star Wars after everybody already knew that Darth Vader was Luke's father, that <laughs> Luke and <laughs> Leia were brother and sister, that uh, you know, all of these things are gonna happen and having that knowledge going in that there are more than just three films, which is how a lot of us yeah. saw it mm-hmm. for the yeah. first time. I mean, you know, Mac and I luckily didn't have to see it when there was only just one film that we didn't That's know if true. there'd be any more. At least we knew when we watched it for the first time, we had three to watch mm-hmm. and that another one was coming. At least that was my experience back. I think it was a few years earlier than that before. Well, I remember
0: one, being but... in the dark times and I remember when there was like, Hey, I hear he's talking about doing another episode. It's going to be episode seven and it's going to come place afterwards. He's just waiting for the actors to get older. And then it was like, <laughs> no, actually it's a prequel. No, actually it might be happening. This is like, 94, 95, mm-hmm. so we're still like three years away from anything actually starting and happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I want to know first, yeah. Tavon, is
1: what are your memories of Star Wars before you watched them for the first time? Hmm. You know, were you aware of them? Is it something you had ever, you know, maybe caught a little bit of on TV or, you know, a friend or a sibling or a cousin, you know, played you a little bit of it? Did you have any Star Wars toys growing up? Anything like that? So
3: no, uh, growing up in the Caribbean, like it was, Star Wars was not even a thing down there. And when I was growing up, I, I believe that's when the the prequels are coming out. Mm -hmm. So all I had really known was that, you know, Darth Vader was Luke's father because that's, you know, like iconic. Okay, so
1: we weren't able to protect you from that
3: one. You knew we, that going I, in. I knew okay. that going in. um, And it, that's, like, thanks to, like, pop culture stuff and, yeah. like, Family Guy and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, Darth Vader as a character is bigger than
1: Star Wars as a
3: whole, I would right. say. Oh, yeah. you know, Even people who haven't seen the movies know him. Right. Um, And the only other, like, thing I knew about the Star Wars universe, uh, because when I was growing up, the prequels were coming out was that they just weren't good. And that's, I mean, that's what I was told. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even know there was like the original trilogy versus the prequels or anything like that. Like just, I just heard that they were not good. Right. So then it was just one of those things where like, okay, well I didn't grow up with this and they're allegedly not good. So why would I watch them? You know? Sure. Gotcha.
0: And, and I think uh I think we started getting into some like important things so now you've 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 you started watching them and and I don't know this, but so did you watch them in order, like one through eight? did you watch them in the machete cut where you were like moving around, or did you watch them in the original form? so it's like new hope Empire, return of the Jedi and then mm-hmm. go back?
3: So I watched them in like chronological order, so okay. like I started with the prequels, okay. And then I watched Rogue One. Oh, okay. And then I watched the original trilogy.
1: So what was it like watching... Well, you know what? Actually, let's hold off on that because that's a question <laughs> I want to ask. But before I do, let's try and stay in order here. So you didn't have any experience really with Star Wars growing up. You know, you, mm-hmm. you knew it existed. You knew it was a thing. But you right. didn't watch it, right? Okay. Right. So then what made you decide, other than peer pressure from us... <laughs> to watch star wars for the first time
3: i mean it was it was honestly you guys like i really you guys are really passionate about it and it's something that we talk about very often um and i was like you know like i trust you guys and i was like you know what i need to i need to check this out um i was pretty much over the well i heard this so let me not even like revisit it and I was like, let me just check it out for myself, and I'm really happy that I did. Sure,
1: so. sure. Well, we're we're glad that you did too. <laughs> uh, I know, I you know, I remember loaning you the Blu-rays. Oh my to god, to check them out. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm really glad that you did. So now that you've had a chance, you've seen them all twice, which with the exception of Solo, which you've only seen once. Yes, I do appreciate you doing the rewatch before mm-hmm. you came on. I mean, I really think that, especially for some of those films like Empire and. Revenge of the Sith and The Last Jedi. I really think you do have to see those multiple times. I mean, I really think you have to see them all multiple times. But, I mean, really, those are so dense and so deep with the themes and, I mean, even just their long movies. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot to them. So, Mm -hmm. now that you've seen them all, could you give us a ranking of
3: the films? Mm -hmm. Could you you tell us, you know, your favorite down through your least favorite? Okay, so... Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie. um okay, then? yeah, I think it's a
1: lot of people's favorites.
3: it it's, probably is yeah,, right. and I mean, I guess we can talk about that. oh, you know. we definitely will. yeah, Don't worry. but i I love the original thr- trilogy after that, okay. um, and then I would say that I do like. I love uh, *Revenge of the Sith*. Is that Mm -hmm. the last of the prequels? Yeah, Yeah, I I love that. I I legitimately think that's like a really good movie. Okay, Um, (laughs) we agree. We, We think it's a really good movie too. Yeah, and then I would probably say after that, I would go. I would go *The Force Awakens*, and then I would go. The first two prequels.
0: So, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Right.
3: Say. Okay. Um, and then I would go. Well, actually, I think The Last Jedi is before Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones is my least favorite. Okay. Movie. Attack of the Clones is your least favorite. Yeah, and then okay. that's Solo. Also a popular. I that's,
1: Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty shared opinion as well.
3: I. I feel like Solo. I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch it, um, to really get a good grasp of my like my thoughts on that movie but it would it would be my least favorite of so the Star Wars So Solo
1: movies. is your least favorite even with Attack of the Clones? Right. So the Attack of the Clones is nine. Solo is ten. Okay. okay. yeah. Uh, now you haven't watched Caravan of Courage or Battle Friend or yet. The Ewok movies. Right? I think that's
3: like so funny because I'm like, what are those? Okay, we'll get you <laughs> yeah, there. So, <laughs> so, 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 there's so a, we won't there's count some those supplementary. Those We're taking baby right steps here. <laughs>
0: there, there's some supplementary material out there. Uh,
3: we'll get you there.
1: Um, yeah. We'll get you there. I just. <laughs> we will. All right. We'll make that oh, happen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have a family watching of that. So what I'd like to know is what makes Rogue One your favorite?
3: I love the father-daughter connection mm, yeah. Um. in that movie. I love that the characters... I, I just think the characters are really well-realized, and I fell in love with them. And it's one of those things where I didn't know-know that they were all going to die at yeah. the end spoiler alert sure but oh, don't worry we spoiled <laughs> everything
0: into the ground we, we, here. we've realized that if you yeah if you hear the topic and you're like i don't know about that
3: you, you probably should right i'm like star wars all in like you should probably have watched the you should have been all in on thing. a star wars movie. Yeah. um but i i found myself rooting for them and like hoping yeah. that you know what i mean like f- they were gonna pull through Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the most effective things about that movie
0: mm-hmm. is that final act. They they really lay down the stakes really well yeah. of what
3: these people are risking and what they're trying mm-hmm. to accomplish. Not to mention, it was also like a gorgeous movie. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. it was stunning, and just seeing the the juxtaposition of you know these you know stormtroopers and everything just like on a beach. Like, yeah. it was just, yeah. like, so, I don't know, like, it, it just, is. my mind, it, like, was blown. He's one of I mean? the last planet types we hadn't hit, too. It's, like, it, a beach planet. It's right. It's
0: usually yeah. stunning. I yeah. mean,
1: Rogue One, you know, it's funny that it's your favorite, because I think for Mac and I, it's our least favorite mm. Star Wars movie. And I'm not going yep. to mm. speak for Mac, but for me, I still love it. it's still a star wars movie i think it has the best space battles out of any star wars film i think it is one of not i'm not gonna say it is the most for me but it is one of the most cinematically beautiful movies i think it has some of the best shots i think the score is fantastic Mm -hmm. and you know that's tough to say when it's not john williams but the music in it and the sound design i think is all great and i think most importantly it feels a little bit more like a modern movie. Like some of the mm-hmm. stuff, I actually just rewatched it today for another topic we're going to be covering. But some of the stuff on Edu where the starfighters, the X-Wings are coming in, I mean, that's a scene straight out of a Rogue Squadron novel. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of stuff I grew up loving. And we hadn't really seen that in any other Star Wars movies. So Rogue One really does give us some things that we hadn't seen in Star Wars film. And so I understand why so many people like it. I think it's a mix of kind of that all of that EU love coming together in one place. And also, it's new. It's modern. The special mm-hmm. effects are great. It's yeah. gorgeous. Uh, it uses color really well. Not every... I mean, Star Wars movies are insanely colorful, mm-hmm. but Rogue One specifically has such a wide range of places and scenes that it visits. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it so visually appealing too.
3: Yeah, there is a scene in that movie where... <clears throat> the camera like pans, and I don't know if it's a destroyer or if it's the Death Star, but you mm-hmm. kind of only see lights, and it looks like stars in the sky. But then you realize the scale oh. of like mm-hmm. how enormous this thing is.
0: I was say, Russ, you just watch it. But yeah, I think it's a Star Destroyer that's like in the shadow of the yeah, thing. yeah.
1: It's like as it's yeah, it's moving out from underneath its shadow. I think. Yeah, if I remember it's, what you're saying.
3: It's it's amazing and. Like I said, the characters as well, like Jen so, like whenever I was watching, like I'm really into production and stuff like that. So I, yeah. I watch a lot of behind the scenes and trailers and stuff like that. And when it first came out, I hadn't seen Star Wars, like any Star Wars movie at that right, point, right. but I'm still like keeping up with it, you know? And yeah. I, she came across very unlikable in the trailers And watching the movie, I immediately fell in love with her. And I think it's because of that connection um, with her father and the fact that, like, against all odds, like she still wanted to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and at first she was very hesitant. And then she kind of just like, this is this is what I'm going to do. And then she ended up, you know, losing her life. To do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah,
0: her her arc is going from what we almost consider like she's like a criminal. She means mm-hmm. she's being prisoner transported, and she goes from that to one of the most like hopeful martyrs of the rebellion.
3: Yeah, she says, you know, rebellions are built on hope, right. and I think it was so great that that was her line. You know yeah. what I mean? Like she was the one that said that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I I fell in love with it yeah Good. and not That's to mention all about not to mention the end scene mm. and how it perfectly leads into um th- a new hope like i mean yeah. that was especially like w- with my first viewing of it i was like oh my god this is like what i geek out over mm. you know what i mean <laughs> like right um it was it was amazing yeah i remember seeing that
1: vader scene in the theater and just kind of like Holding my breath the mm-hmm. whole time.
3: Well, know. yeah, you could hear him breathing uh-huh, right and that's, before. Oh, and that's when I literally was like, I, "Oh my god!" Like I just like I get goosebumps, <laughs> and then the and then just like the lightsaber just lights up, and you're just uh, you're gonna die. So yeah. run. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the
0: places you see like a modern filmmaker touched it in the sense of that scene is so incredibly. Oppressive mm-hmm. and fast and kinetic of
3: just how quickly he just destroys yeah. everyone in that hallway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, too, where, like, it's you got, especially like someone that has grown up watching Star Wars and so, like, you know. How the it's gonna like the the end result? I guess. Right, I'm right. To say right. like you already know how it's gonna end. Up. Of course, I didn't. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, But like they still built up suspense. You oh. know what I mean? And it was just oh, so good. That's
0: just wild. I haven't even thought about that. Like, yeah, if you watch Rogue One and then you watch New Hope, you don't know that that movie's going to begin mm-hmm. right after the end of Rogue oh, One. Oh yeah, you're right because for We're, us i mean i'd watched that movie since i was a kid and like you know i'd watch it for 20 years before i saw rogue one right mm. right 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 yeah. not knowing
1: experience. so That's you awesome. literally you have the opening crawl of a new hope and then all of a sudden those ships are coming right over it's your head
3: literally the same like and, it's picked up right where it left i yeah. and, and just yeah. like well i guess she didn't get away <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: oh man so did you re- I have to know when yeah. you first watched New Hope for the first time did you recognize right away that it was picking up like did oh, yeah it take a minute I mean yeah. even the no. sounds they use that same mm-hmm. klaxon, that yeah. blaring sound you have the same hallway oh I love it so I wish I could see it through those eyes
3: <laughs> it's it's it was great too because like even like how the Death Star works and everything like that like I made sure especially in my second viewing how they recorded like the people in the tunnel and like the yep. light coming through and every, like it's literally exactly the same in the original trilogy. And I thought yeah. that was just the attention to detail. There is like what I like lose my mind over. Uh, absolutely. Um, it was like, yeah. I love that you guys like have grown up with this and everything, but yeah. I feel very like, Blessed to have watched it, and like a, everything is, and like I binge watched everything, you know, Um and it was it was just a really fun experience. Well, that's yeah. a
0: great way to to come in because for us, it's it's super interesting because again, for us, the story has been complete, and we're mm. like adding new bits. Like Solo right. and Rogue One are just yeah. new chunks to a story we already know. Whereas you are seeing it as all one arc, mm. all this stuff mm-hmm. stitched together.
1: Yeah. So let me ask you this: Do Rogue One and Solo feel different? Than the other eight movies. Do they have a different vibe to you or any sort of different I
3: don't know, do they feel like they fit to you? To me, Rogue One feels like it fits. Okay. Um I I have to rewatch solo again, but I There was something very disingenuous about that movie to me Mm. interesting and it's just and i I remember we were talking about this before um but you know you had mentioned that it reminded you the most of the original trilogy right right i i do feel that way yeah Yeah, i feel like solo feels
1: more like a star wars movie to me than any than than any movie since episode three like star wars or solo to me just personally feels yeah. the most like the original trilogy. It just brings up more memories. It feels like being home on a snow day, putting in the VHS, and I just feel like I'm in Star cool. Wars. The same way I did with the original trilogy with Solo.
3: I want to jump in here really quick because I mm-hmm. think that's the point. I think they are heavily relying on nostalgia for yeah. that specific movie. And I think... It, depending because I'm not necessarily connected and I don't sure. really care who plays like, you know, a lot well, of people had a problem have, that they were recasting Han Solo. Well, and you, you have know. totally
0: fresh eyes on this. You're just right. looking at it is a movie. Yes. Right. Yeah, It's, it's and, not someone playing with your childhood
3: action figures like it was for me and Ross. Right. Like, and for me, I think, I, I think that's why it came across disingenuous to me because mm. I feel like we were kind of like, ham fisting okay well this is the quirks that harrison ford had as solo mm. so this is what you're gonna do and you know we have to talk about the castle run and we have to do you know what i mean there was certain beats that we had to hit and the reason why i liked rogue one a little bit more mm-hmm. was because it was this like we knew that you know the rebels had smuggled i got the plans Mm-hmm. But like we didn't really know. Well, at least I didn't really know much well, else. You know what I mean? I think sure. what you're saying
0: is, whereas like Rogue One, we're like, okay, they get the Death Star plans, but every other detail's kind of figured out in this movie. Right. Whereas Solo, you're like, uh, yeah, he mentioned the castle run, so check. Yeah. Uh, there were beats. Oh, yeah, that he needs to meet. He needs to do Chewbacca. Check. Mm-hmm. So you're saying it was kind of like a little more formulaic. It, it yeah. felt like you said it, it felt like, um, fan servicey is kind well, of. Well, that's what I'm hearing.
3: One hundred percent. And. I think, again, like, just going back to, like, my love of, like, production and stuff like that, like, hearing about, like, the behind the scenes and how yeah. they, you know, they repra- replaced Lord, uh, Chris, the, the, Lord uh, Miller, yeah. right? Lord they, Miller. they were supposed Lord to and, do it. Miller, yeah. um, and, I mean, not Star Wars related, but, like, how, like, Into the Spider-Verse turned out and everything, which they were a part of that yeah. movie, and, like, mm-hmm. that's literally my favorite Spider-Man movie, like, ever. I agree with that. And, I feel mm-hmm. like they would yeah. have taken a more organic approach because that's what they, they wanted it to be like a lot of like fill in well, ad lib. And, well, and,
0: and the primary thing I think we heard out of the main reason they were dismissed was because of the fact that a, a little less disciplined, which mm-hmm. makes sense. They're coming from animation. Mm-hmm. So it's harder to, those are not equal skills. Right. Making an animated film and making something else is different. Um, and then the other thing about it is I think the fact was, they were getting too off of the center of Han Solo's character for mm-hmm. Disney and Lucasfilm's
3: comfort level, right? And I think that's that would have been more interesting to me because mm. we we've heard for you know like what four or five movies now about this castle run like it it yeah. would be great to visit it, right? right? But I think like just if we had taken an approach where it was more so like this fantastical journey that mm-hmm. didn't really have a bunch of like bullet points that we had to hit. It would mm-hmm. have been a little bit more interesting and or, more organic. Yeah, so what
1: I'm really hearing you say is more spread out. Like, yeah, it, it's odd that all of these big moments of Han's life happened in a very short in time. One adventure. Right. And and you right. know what? I can understand that. I, so I love, uh, you know, I love solo. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. But I can absolutely relate to where you're coming from because if it had been held back and saved and more planning had gone into it and maybe more had been shot all at once, maybe now where we wouldn't be in this position where so many people want more from that solo universe mm-hmm. and those characters and mm-hmm. the things that it set up. And now it seems like it might be a while before that happens. So, you know what? I can absolutely understand that point for sure. Yeah. So then, Tavon, with Rogue One being your favorite, Solo being the one that maybe we need to watch again. Yeah.
3: And I will do that and get back to you. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Because, you know, you may have
1: a different opinion after seeing it again, and you might not. And you know what? That's okay. Uh, Everybody has to have a least favorite Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. And I am more than happy to accept whichever one you say it is. uh, Because, really, that's the thing about Star Wars. It's so great. There's so much of it now Mm -hmm. that there's something for everyone. Mm -hmm. And as we continue to get more films and more TV shows and more novels and more comics and more cartoons and all of these things that are going to keep being added to this universe, there's going to be more and more for every type of Star Wars fan, no matter what you like and what you love. I hear a lot of people complain sometimes, you know, we spend a lot of time on internet forums and reddit and all these places where a lot of star wars people hang out and one of the biggest complaints is oh you know disney should never have made more films they should have Mm. just stopped after the prequels blah 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 Mm. blah." and my opinion on that has always been even if you don't love every single movie or star wars thing that has come out since 2015 that's okay there's gonna be more For you. There's going to be more coming. There are things that maybe aren't made necessarily for you. And just because there might be one movie you don't like as much as the others or one thing in a movie or one TV show or one book that's okay because there are all these other things that you still love and are passionate about. Well, and right. I think that's
0: why this conversation is so interesting is hearing someone who's new to the fandom, you know, you've, you're you coming in in 2019 to all of this stuff. And I think the thing that is the problem that's the underpinning of all those people who are just like, oh, there shouldn't be more Star Wars. They should have never made the Clone Wars cartoon. There shouldn't have been the prequels. It's like, it's gatekeepers. It's people saying, my nostalgia is valid, yours isn't.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. And it
0: and it sucks in every fan community. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I think um, – just, like, let's pull over for a second. Okay. I I strongly disagree with that um, about, like, how, like, Disney yeah. should not have – because the reason I fell in love with Star Wars is because of the lore and mm-hmm. the world and the, the mm-hmm. richness of it. Um, like, to me, I mean, George Lucas is one of those kind of like, you know, J.K. Rowling and just, yeah. like – the the there is space in that universe for us to literally live forever right like we can constantly get new content and like I mean, you guys have literally—you created a monster <laughs> because I want to yeah, consume. Yeah, yeah. Like, I want to, you know, watch Clone Wars and all of these different things, and I can't wait for Disney Plus and The Mandalorian and stuff like that because I'm invested now in this world. And I think it's a little selfish for people yep. to just say that, like, okay, yeah. well, we're done with this and close yeah. the book. You know,
0: it's it's bigger than more one creator. It's bigger than one yeah. era. I mean, mm-hmm. you see this with you mentioned J.K. Rowling. Like, you see this with Harry Potter. So yeah. there are people who are like. Oh, the, the Fantastic Beast movie shouldn't exist. I didn't like the new play. And it's like, well, look, it's just gonna keep going bigger and mm-hmm. someday J.K. Rowling's gonna stop making this stuff and Scholastic and all these other people Dude, that hold the rights are going to let Disney other people. They're literally <laughs> Disney's gonna buy it. Uh, Disney's literally gonna own everything. But I mean it's one of those things of like you can even see this with Warner Brothers expanding in their parks, building out on yeah. uh, Harry Potter is like these are such fascinating worlds. Mm-hmm. It is criminal to try and limit them to just one little snapshot of time or just a handful of creators that are allowed to touch it. Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: I mean, the reason I went to Universal last year was for Harry Potter. <laughs> like, I didn't, you know what I mean? I I didn't go for, like, The Grinch or whatever else they have, you know?
0: But, and look, now yeah. you can go to Disney and they have Star Wars for you to
3: go Which I am uh-huh. so pumped about. I'm so pumped about it. So,
0: just to get some some like ballpark stats on what we what we enjoyed, mm-hmm. uh, I really am curious to know that now that you've sort of digested the the saga as it is. Yeah, uh, we've asked about what your favorite movies are. What are some of your your favorite characters or your favorite scenes or what are some of the moments that really stick with you? Of like, yeah, no, I like Star Wars and I like this and this and this.
3: Yeah. Um. I think that's a lot. Um, so let me, yeah, let me bite off any part of that you want. <laughs> right, and I'm I'm gonna start with the prequels. Okay, okay. Um, just because like that's the order I watched it in. Like, yeah. Um, I loved that Padme switched places with whoever. Oh yeah, because like uh, uh, her, handmaidens her handmaidens. And, yeah, yeah, and she had on so. And the thing is, like, I know Natalie Portman was playing the lead role Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. like even coming from like i can't imagine when you guys saw it for the first time but like even coming from like knowing that i was still very confused i was like okay what's going on because i know like natalie portman's like not in all this makeup Mm -hmm. like she's not in drag what's going on (laughs) um but so that was exciting to me and obviously i was very you know skeptical about um what is his name the annoying alien? George Banks. That guy. <laughs> um, and I'm going to say something and I don't know if we had talked about this prior but like I do not find him as annoying as I find C3PO. Oh, wow. I think C three PO is so insufferable. <laughs> like I literally okay. like because everything he says is over dramatic and it's usually wrong. And I'm like, well, <laughs> so, so I we haven't gotten any hate tweets yet. Oh but my now god! This might be I, the first time." okay, no, okay. like you guys, okay. you guys, okay. you guys That's can edit that out. About. You guys no, can no, edit no, that no. out. This is what <laughs> it's all
1: about. This is what it's all about. Like I said, you can like any part of Star Wars you want.
3: Yeah, it's like to me, like I. Jar Jar Banks was a lot and I think it's just it was the movie he was in and you know the way they took care of that character like he was yeah. he's not my he's nowhere near my favorite character but like to me like I prefer that he was constantly trying to help whereas yeah. C3PO is constantly complaining or like. Like I'm like here for um, R2D2 like 100%. Yeah, and R2D2 is I, I'm always like don't argue with him. Like R2D2 Ooh. is gonna be right, so like do what he says. <laughs> it sounds like you you got the
0: I mean and I'll, I've heard this from other people like kids who were younger when Episode One came out I was like Treasure Binks is meant to be a fool. Like mm-hmm. he's a good helpful person. He wants to do the right thing. He's just clumsy. I mean, yeah, he says that when he's introduced. Whereas I yeah. uh, I could see C3PO is just kind of fussy. He doesn't. Yeah. He's just he's just there to remind you this this situation's uncomfortable and unpleasant and you don't want to be here. Right.
3: And I think the thing is like I I don't I don't necessarily think and I mean the trailer for the new movie and the red eyes and all that stuff like I can't wait to see what happens there with C3PO. Mm-hmm. But like as far as I'm going to jump in here though, it was really funny in The Force Awakens whenever um Leia and Han see each other for the first time in a really long time and then he just like sticks his head in between them Yes, it felt like a perfect introduction to three 3
1: po in the sequel trilogy it yeah. was
3: phenomenal like I thought that was so mm-hmm. funny mm-hmm. um but <laughs> a- apart from that like I just I don't like all the complaining that he does um mm. I think another thing was like seeing Yoda in like full power Mm. In the prequels was also really awesome. Sure. Um, because we don't get that action ever in been. the original trilogy. So seeing him, you know, flip around sure. and use the force and do all of these things was like really awesome. Uh yeah, I Attack of the Clones, like, I feel like that was, you know, like a, a placeholder a little bit sort of just a bridge to get from,
0: okay, we have a status as an Anakin kid. How does he fall in love? Okay, good. We're on to the good
3: stuff. Right. And he looks like a a grown man now, and Natalie Portman looks exactly the same. But that's fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She is kind of ageless. Yeah, right. Which is the same. She looks the same literally now. Right. Like, I was watching Annihilation, I was like, oh, Padme, cute. (laughs) Yeah, she's aged very well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but
1: she was like 16 when she got casted. I mean, I think she was 15 when
0: episode one premiered. Mm. We have to understand, like, Natalie Portman being hired was super weird to me because my best friend, his like one of his favorite movies of all time is The Professional. Mm. So, like, I knew Mm -hmm. Natalie Portman as like a seven year old, and now Mm -hmm. I know her as a 16 year old. And then Mm -hmm. by the time you get to Black Swan, I'm like, I've seen this girl grow up. This is weird, right? Uh (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so
1: we like all of that in the prequels. What mm-hmm. about in the OT? What are some of your best moments from the OT?
3: Um, I love every scene that Han Solo is in. Okay. I <laughs> Yeah. I think... I mean, Harrison... I, I could literally go on and on about Harrison Ford. Okay. um, But... I get that. The charisma, the talent... Mm um the chemistry that he has with um Leia yeah and um it, it's just and he's just such a like of added he has a lot of sass sure um and i'm all about that yeah um as you guys know um <laughs> i i also loved um like the evolution of Luke yeah and i sure. love that he you know was Again, like hesitant at first, but like just the the whole part with him and Yoda and how he was like, "Take me to Yoda," and like we all knew that that was Yoda that was talking to him. He didn't know, and that was really that was really awesome. Um, I also liked the
0: so Ruka, Let me let me just yeah. Me, I don't. Just, I think Mac and I just there. had. A, I think we had the moment. same thought because so again, you have to remember. Of course, we saw this in reverse order. We saw the prequels sure. after this, so. I have to ask what did you think of Yoda when he's like playing this kind of crackpot going through Luke's stuff
3: Yeah um that's funny cuz I actually never thought about that Um okay. I think it's so because it- like I knew he was like this wise like Person already, because right. you guys saw it, and you—that was the first time you saw him. We didn't. I mean, we didn't know that was Yoda.
0: Well, sure, yeah, I mean, right. So,
3: well, we right. yeah, yeah.
0: Just to set the stage a little bit from the from our perspective, yeah. it's like when you hear Luke going, like he's a great Jedi warrior. Mo, wars not make one great, like. We're going like, oh, this is this impish creature who knows where Yoda is. Right. Right. And yeah. we're expecting Yoda to be like, I don't know, Conan the Barbarian with a right. lightsaber. like, <laughs> right. like And I'm sure Luke was too. To right. Be right. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. right. And so we were bought into that. For you, you're mm-hmm. like, Yoda's right there, right. dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> Joke's on you, kid.
3: Yeah. I think because like I knew he was really wise and every, because I watched yeah. it in that order. And because to be the things that he was saying, were true yeah so it wasn't like he was you know what i mean like being like he's not uh, being facetious he's, right.
0: just being, he's he's playing with luke
3: because he's trying to explore this kid and who he actually yeah. is and then he says you know i can't teach him because he was testing him you yeah. know that was all a test um but Also, just seeing him be completely CGI and then being, like, completely, like, Puppet Puppet. was (laughs) very jarring. Mm. Um, But also like really like adorable at the same time yeah. like how could you not love yeah he just kind of you know? like wizened into foam well right. it makes
1: sense when he's getting older right when mm-hmm. you live on a swamp for 20 years yeah yeah things are bound to happen it happens yeah so what about the sequel trilogy any big moments in there you really were surprised by or really
3: liked we're talking about the new ones right? yeah so
1: episodes seven and eight specifically so the force, force awakens, awakens and, and the last year
3: sure i legitimately thought Poderman was dead Oh, (laughs) I thought that okay. So you caught you cast Oscar Isaac, yeah, and you know he's great, and then you kill him off. Cool, that's what we're doing. Um, I also loved the way we were reintroduced to Han Solo. Okay, Mm -hmm. so uh, the fact that they killed him off does something to me, yeah, and the fact that Kylo Ren is the one that does it, and Mm -hmm. the fact that like he is this main character in in these movies and I'm supposed to feel like sympathetic for him and everything like I just I don't and again we have to see we have to see the finale and how it ends but like as of like I'm that's the only thing that I'm thinking about because like I'm just like what does this mean like am I gonna have to like like this guy you know what I mean you know, I, you're not alone. And I, I think yeah. to be really honest with you, I mean, my read on it to this day
0: is he killed Han Solo. You can't you can only redeem him in death the way that like Vader was because like, yeah. by the time you see Vader, like you specifically, because you watched mm-hmm. him in order is like like, hey, you know, this is Luke's dad and he's a redeemable soul. But he has to die because he totally murdered kids. Right. Like,
1: Well, and remember when it, we're talking about redemption vader was only redeemed in luke's eyes he wasn't redeemed in the galaxy's eyes he wasn't redeemed well, in you know his Force. daughter's eyes
0: um uh, sure but, I, what i'm trying to say is his journey is a personal journey of redemption and so like kylo ren could have that kylo ren could save his soul if you will but he's still the monster that killed han solo we as an audience i don't think are accepted like well, I've thought about it real hard, and I want to be a good guy now. Well, come on. Join the resistance. Right. We'll go fight the First Order. Like, no, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yeah. let's I, see what happens. He I, killed
0: Han
3: Solo, Ross.
1: One man. Vader killed a bunch of okay, children, and we like the thing later,
3: later on. Solo- <laughs> I, think, I think along with the... Him killing Han. Solo. I mean, yeah. he's clearly conflicted. Like we yeah. know that, yeah. you know, he wasn't going to attack Leia, then someone else did. You know right. what I mean? Like we we see that. We we see his conversations with Rey, and I honestly thought at the end of the last movie that he was going to just go to the to the light right you know. after right. he killed uh snoke mm-hmm. he was the one that killed her or killed snoke right Correct. yeah because yeah, she right was through. down and he was moving yes um which was a great scene Yes, <laughs> it is. it was a great scene yes it is um but which the reason because the that scene happens when um Hodo ho, ho, Holdo, you know? Holdo. Holdo. Holdo yeah. goes yeah. light speed. It's, and it's, so it's yeah. literally just the buildup. And mm-hmm. um y- you guys know how I feel about that scene. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Yeah. But I yeah. all of that happening at once was just was just really great. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, he's he's definitely gonna go with Ray, right? Because they've been FaceTiming right, right. this entire time. So <laughs> right? <laughs> of course, facetiming. Yeah, totally. You know? Um,
0: but Well, I mean, that's kind of interesting. Things when you watch Mm -hmm. the sequel trilogy and you're seeing like again Han Solo get killed or like what's what's going to go on with Ray. and like the nice thing about that is you're basically kind of synced up with most of us who've been fans for a long time because you saw those in the same order we did. Right, we saw seven and eight after we had seen everything. I have a
3: question. Yeah, so they shoot the 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 ship that Leia was on, right? And so she's like. Sucked out into space. Yeah, they blow a right? hole in the
1: bridge, and the, br- the vacuum right. of space. She now, gets sucked
3: out, and yeah. she's floating in air. Yes, yeah. At the beginning of that movie, that girl literally drops like a hundred bombs. Like, how does that happen? Like, were they not supposed to be floating? Well, remember, there's gravity on the ship.
1: There's okay, fake so, gravity on the ship.
3: So the, sh- the so when they aligned, they were in the like the perfect spot. Yeah, well, so think about this. So okay. there's
0: two things you can argue that are science fiction nonsense. One in star Wars, they establish every ship has artificial gravity. Okay. Right. Like you're talking about like the bombers coming in and page falls to the bottom mm-hmm. of the well off the ladder. Well, why did she fall? Because there's gravity inside of inside the ship. The ship. Yeah. Got it. So if the gravity drops the bombs, then they have momentum from dropping from that artificial gravity mm-hmm. towards the ship. Got it. And the other thing I think, I don't know. I think I read this somewhere too, is mm. I think those bombs are also magnetic. So they're going towards the biggest
3: metal object near them. Sure, that would make sense. Also, there is
1: one other thing. What's that? It's a movie about space wizards. Right. Do we need to break down (laughs)
0: all the science? Uh, For the record, for me, yes. (laughs) Well, that's and and and, but the difference is, and when our science doesn't explain it, we make up new science. That is the best part about it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, How does hyperspace work? Well, there's a subdimension realm where, like, we mm-hmm. there are nerds who love this
3: fictional science of Star Wars, sure, yeah, but sure. it's not
0: real science at all. And that's yeah.
3: the thing. Like, I love, like, I, I am, I am into all of this. That was just like a legit question that I had oh, when sure. I watched it because I'm like, question. okay, well, so if they blew up, then why did question. Leia get sucked out? You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like where my mind was because I'm just like. Well, the idea would be, like, whatever artificial gravity that would normally keep her in there. Right. just dis- destroyed. Because they shot. Strapped. Because they shot. Yeah. I. And really quick. Yeah. I feel like. I feel like Poe was the villain of that movie. Because the plans that he had. And I understand that Holdo didn't, like. Communicate. Uh, yeah. She wasn't. And and, I mean, her, her intention wasn't that we were gonna, she was gonna kill herself, right? Right, Like she didn't, like that would happen last minute. But it was one of those things where, like, he was so focused on completing the mission, or we could do this, or I could be the hero that, you know, um, we were really killing majority of the rebellion
0: well I, th- I think what they try to establish is basically just two people whose egos are just smashing up against each other mm-hmm. and oh. which was Poe and uh, no it is and then the difference is that poe in the end is the pig-headed one because he's still thinking like a fighter jock
3: and not like a leader yeah right which is why he wasn't chosen to lead Correct. in the first place yeah, yeah. um so i mean and 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 it, again, the things like
0: Leia getting blown out to space, I think it's mostly they just established whatever safety procedures are meant to keep people inside the ships failed. Because right. we saw in like episode three, like when a, something decompresses, these doors or these force fields come mm-hmm. up to try and mm-hmm. seal the ship again. Yeah. And obviously that wasn't apparently capable. The safety systems didn't work. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Well, every ship's different.
1: Right. Not every ship has a tractor beam. Not every trip has hyperspace tracking. You know, every ship is different.
3: We have to talk about something that literally gives me goosebumps every time I see it. Okay. The sound that those ships make when they just appear out of um oh that oh my god uh-huh. like the fact that the last jedi started it starts like that like just them like you know the rebels are trying to escape yeah. and it immediately just like boom well, boom, boom. We, we, you're amongst friends who really like the last jedi but like i do still think that that opening
0: sequence only episode three holds a candle to it as far as like the let's go oh, oh yeah there yeah. i mean
3: they definitely the reason i don't like the last Jedi has nothing to do with how the movie was like set up constructed. Okay. It was just what was in the movie. And I think depending on, you know, if we stick the landing with the, the rise of Skywalker, right. That movie may jump to, you know, one of my favorites, you know, oh, what I mean, because as of right now, I just we I just don't know what the point of it was. Well, just you know? to
0: just to bring up one point, um, mm-hmm. just to understand, because we didn't experience this or I didn't experience, but like there is a similar energy around the Empire Strikes Back when it was released where people like he can't be Luke's dad. That doesn't make any sense. It's a plot hole. Like it doesn't make any sense. And people stewing for three years over what the heck did that mean? Mm -hmm. What is, how could they finish this movie? If he's his dad, how can that possibly work? Cause he's so evil. Mm -hmm. And, and return of the Jedi glued so many pieces together. It felt really whole. So like whatever happens over here, Kylo Ren getting redeemed, Kylo Ren becoming the villain, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the resistance surviving and beating the first order the first order falling or the first order maintaining some semblance of control over the galaxy yeah. whatever is happening to ray is going to recontextualize mm-hmm. everything
3: we saw in episode 8 and yeah. make it
0: better or worse in everybody's mind
3: yeah absolutely um yeah i'm super excited for that you guys have me hooked now so thank <laughs> well, you very much <laughs> for so that. let me ask you this Glad if it, you're
1: that. hooked you already said you want to get into some of the TV shows and you're excited about The Mandalorian and all that. Wow. Yeah. What about, you know, are you going to try and bring other people into this fandom? Are you telling other people, hey, you should
3: watch Star Wars if you've never <clears throat> seen it? You know, what's really hard about that is like, I mean, my mom has never seen Star Wars. Okay. She thinks they're long and boring because I told her that <laughs> I was doing this podcast and she, you know, specifically said that. And I told her, I said, I think we should watch it sometime, you know? Yeah. Um, because I made my mom watch all the harry potters and you know which are (laughs) which are still long movies with a lot of substance in between you know um but the difficult thing about that is that i i really feel like i am probably like the last person to have watched star wars so like i don't know a lot of people especially in like my group of friends you know like i don't know anyone that hasn't seen every movie multiple to- or owns them right. or, you know sure. what I mean?
0: It's such a part of, especially just, uh, especially American and British culture. Like, right. It's just, if you like sci-fi at all, you've hit star Wars along your road. Like, yeah. like we talked about like Darth Vader. If you've seen Mickey mouse, you've also seen Darth
3: Vader yeah. at some point. Yeah. Like, it's just such a symbol in our culture. Yeah. And like, even like <laughs> I was, I remember that family guy episode where they were, um, Kind of like spoofing, uh, what's the name of the movie where they get Han out of like from Jabba the Hutt? Return of the Jedi. Oh, Return of the... yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, they were spoofing the part where they rescue like Leia and him. Yeah, and they do like the nod thing for like five minutes straight, <laughs> uh-huh. and, <they're- laughs> and then yeah. so like when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for that part to come, just yeah, because God. like I. Like, I've seen so many parodies from, like, a, you know, Robot Chicken to Family. You know what I mean? Oh, right, like, right. You all see all of like, these
0: things. Like, Luke Khan and, and, and Lando are all like, yeah, and Game Respect Game. Yeah, I see you're here too. Yeah, yeah and then we <laughs> got a plan. And then, and then they then our literally go sideways. But yeah, <laughs> yeah watch they, those again. Yeah,
3: it's, it's, it's actually really good. And I think I should too, just because now that I have oh, full the context. Uh huh. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting passport. And I mean, again,
0: it's, it's, it's a fascinating universe and it's got so many facets. Like the fun thing about it is like, there are comic books and books. There are other made for TV movies, like the Caravan of Courage and the Ewok Adventure. Mm -hmm. There is audio books. There are audio dramas. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to watch the original trilogy in a different way, there's like the BBC audio dramas. There's all this other stuff you can get into. And thanks to it being so popular, it's all easy to get, which is the other crazy thing.
1: That reminds me, you should read Catalyst. Since you yeah, like Rogue One. Do you so like much. Rogue One a lot? Okay. Yeah, so we'll 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 talk about that after Wait, we'll find so a way you, to make that happen.
3: You guys have to tell me it's Caravan of Courage. Caravan uh, Oh so there's two there's Well, well no, like, no, and I, I say that because yeah. I listen to a podcast that's oh. about like comic books and this this kind of thing. Yeah, nerds. And they have nerds. Right, exactly. And they have <laughs> A segment called "Caravan of Garbage," oh. so that's probably where they got that from. That's probably, true. and I, I, I never knew. <laughs> I never knew that that was like a thing. They you made know?
0: Um, basically two kind of kiddier, um, basically fantasy movies. Okay, about people having adventures with the Ewoks on Endor. So they're not about Jedi. They're not about starships for the most part. They're about like. Like witches and ogres mm-hmm. that the Ewoks Very face. Very fantasy. Very. Are, fantasy. The
3: Ewoks are those little hairy things, right? The teddy, teddy bears. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That like Leia befriends and they think C three PO is like, exactly. a god. Okay, got it. Yep, got
1: it. So now that you've seen ten Star Wars movies, do you <laughs> yeah. have a favorite
3: lightsaber? <laughs> um, I mean, I kind of want to say, I literally. Really want to say that fabulous like fan one that Ray has in the Rise of, Rise of Skywalker that we've literally seen like a clip of, just that like just <laughs> so like, far she no I the, between ten movies in a trailer that's the, that's fine uh, I mean yeah that's a perfectly fine answer the dramatics of it releasing and her, just how cool she is when she does it like I'm mm. obsessed. Um, but I, I do love the, the, the double. So like Darth Maul's was really cool to me just sure. because it had, it's really cool to a lot of us. Right. And, and the thing is like, I'm like, okay, so this is like, is this the final evolution of Darth Maul's? Like the mm. one that Ray has, cause it has two sides and she like can, like, just retract it. Yeah, it's like the Switchblade mm-hmm. version. Of- oh. <laughs> like, it really is. It yeah. really is. Um I'm super excited to see that in action. Um I also think Kylo Ren's is really cool. Like, I love yes. how, like, the sides... With the little side. Oh, my yeah. God. Um, yeah, it's so... And when he does, like, the slow turn... Oh, when he's sizing people up in the
1: throne room with the Praetorian guards, where his hair is kind of covering his eyes, and he's got it up at eye level, just pointing it at them. Mm -hmm. and You get that slow motion with the crackling. Oh, I love it. We did an episode about favorite lightsabers, and our guest on that episode made a point how Kylo Ren's lightsaber is his favorite. And
3: Mm
1: -hmm. it's getting harder and harder to argue with.
3: Yeah. It is great. Yeah, I mean, the design is... And speaking of that throne room scene too, yeah. Those storm there were stormtroopers, right? Yeah. Pra- well, well, Praetorian, Praetorian guards is what they're, they're called. Okay, they're super Sorry, People troopers. are probably gonna like, you know, no, have no, that's, uh, that's they're picking lines know, because uh, I said that. Tavon, you don't need to know the terms. That's what we're here. Okay, for. Okay, good. <laughs> right, we're here um, to teach. I just imagine like anything <laughs> that like the like the first order has or like I just I just they're you know but um, yeah, sure. The design of that. First of all, red is my color, and just like the it, the the way that the arms were like layered and kind of looked like those slinkies that you like just throw down the steps and they just go. Um <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the design of, of them was so slinky, slinky. cool. Um and I mean they put up one hell of a fight too. So
0: and and I I love the the again kung fu movie fantasy of like Mm -hmm. and all of them have a separate weapon like they're the master of whatever weapon they have. Yeah,
3: yeah, that was actually I never realized that. That's awesome. That whip. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: That it's like it's a baton and it Mm -hmm. turns into a whip yeah Yeah. all about that okay so understandable those are both great lightsabers both from new movies which i mean makes sense they're going more experimental they're trying new things i mean understandable what about all these characters now we've got a solo movie is there a character
3: you think needs their own movie Mm. wow i would probably say poe like out of the new out of the new people yeah. i would say poe just because he's like doing things like i don't want to <laughs> see like i really don't yeah. want to see ray like go through and like pick up garbage you know <laughs> what, um,
0: what was it like being a junk dealer in Jakku that's literally like I, what's the fighter pilot doing that makes sense I'm I'm for yeah, the fighter yeah, pilot yeah. movie well
1: there's like a whole comic series about Poe doing stuff so we can make that happen we can look love, at that
0: I would love to see like a top gun but like with Poe damn oh okay <laughs> first of all okay wait hold yeah. on stop <laughs> stop
3: <laughs> I think you're onto something. I think we're cooking <laughs> with gas. I really think we because that makes so much sense. I mean, out of and I think because like again, the movies are not done yet, but like right. I'm not really connected to any of these characters as much as I was connected to, you know, like the characters from the original trilogy. Sure. Um, and you know, I was connected to the to the characters in the prequel as well. Yeah. Um, but other than Poe, because Finn. Does his thing. Um but like Poe is like the one that I'm like the most well, feel, intrigued about. I feel yeah. like Finn,
0: we're seeing Finn's journey. He was an uninteresting, like stormtrooper and then he decided to defect and he becomes interesting and we see that in the movie. Yeah. Ray is a girl stuck on a junk planet, she destiny finds her, so this is her movie. Sure. Poe was obviously doing cool things before these movies Rey. started. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm so like I love Poe when The Force Awakens came out. You know, that makes sense but I love Poe even more now after seeing him grow and change and become a leader. And I think it's pretty clear. They're setting him up to well, be in charge of the resistance. I going was going to you're about to so, get that movie.
0: Cause that's yeah, the one. So like, <laughs> Poe
1: grow and become like, it's almost the same kind of great feeling I had watching bail Organa become a character in the prequels. And, mm-hmm. Become something that Not just a name, he was, yeah. yeah. And I mean, Poe, it's a different scenario, but we knew very little about him other than he was cool and he flew a Halloween X Wing. He did. Now we know so much more about who he is as a person and what he's about. It's so much fun to root for him,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. He, yeah, I mean, I can understand that. He, I would watch that movie, that's really
0: cool, yeah. Awesome. All right, awesome. Well- I, again, like I said, I think you're going to see some of the, the movie of where he goes, because I think he's going to get even more prominence in the new one than he did.
3: Yeah. Oh, I just thought about something that I just wanted to say. True, um true. <clears throat> In The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. we have to talk about Leia's coat at the end. <laughs> oh. <movie. laughs> um, I don't okay. know where, like, I don't know what you guys had planned, but, like, we need to talk about this coat. That's fine. That's the, let's do it right. Um is this is why i wanted to watch star wars okay. i want it because she's literally going into battle mm-hmm. yep um all the odds are against the rebellion but you know what i'm gonna put on this fabulous coat where i literally can't see anything this is what I'm gonna put on. <laughs> and this is what i wanted like it's a space opera like i want yep, the dramatics yeah. you know um well, that's what it, a lot of
0: people like in the prequels loved is like
3: everyone was wearing nice clothes because right. they're out
0: in like opera scenes and it's senatorial mm-hmm. meetings yeah. and stuff like they could wear nice stuff.
3: Yeah, I loved uh, that's actually a really great point because I loved the dramatics of that. Like yeah. I think I think the prequels were did the best job as setting up the like the world. Yeah, And no I doubt. think the original trilogy did the best job setting up the characters. Right. And, you know, that's just having both of those, you know, kind of melding together in this new trilogy, new trilogy. is just fan- fantastic. Like, I I really do did not like the... Um, not like I didn't like it, but I didn't see the point of the casino scene other than, okay. you know, elaborating a little bit more on, like... Kind of, like, the their morals and, like, you know what I mean? Like, what they kind of wanted to do as far as, like, doing the right thing. Which is, like... I mean, you work for the Rebellion. Like, I'm just assuming that, you know? But right. also going there and seeing this other world where everything is just, like, glitz and glam was also right. also fabulous, you know? Yeah,
0: it's, it's cool to see that yeah. aspect of the world. And, I mean the scene gets a lot of flack and I I don't think it's completely unfounded, but I mean, one of the things about it is you're just, you're seeing like what the one percenters of star Wars look like. Mm -hmm. Right.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, And you're kind of getting the idea. I I can think a little more modern context of like, yeah, these people are really rich and they're really cavalier what they do with their money. And maybe they shouldn't have the power they have. Right. And I think
3: the problem with that scene for me, like, because I think, as far as the movie goes it just took me out of it a little bit but i think yeah. that um because it was just so different than what was so left going field. on right and like um it was just like a like a side plot you know and like i think if they had maybe done like maybe somebody that like, worked for the First Order, maybe if we had seen them earlier and they did something heinous and then we saw them at the casino, like, something that connected... So a little the more... T- yeah, a little more obvious Right, because, it. like, I'm like, sure. okay, these are rich people. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, we live with rich people, you know, and we know what they do and, like, you right. know, it's, it's something that you could definitely, like, relate to, but I didn't sure. really see... Like, other than them selling, you know, weapons. You kind of didn't
0: need to know the First Order is bad. You were already on board the First Order is bad, right? Right,
3: and I think if we were going to have this, like, I would have rather, like, have a connection between the First Order and the casino, like, directly, other than, oh, these people are rich because they sell weapons. Sure. And that's fair. You know what I mean? I do want
1: to touch on one thing that you said real quick, Mm -hmm. just about how, like, okay, we know Rose and Finn are with the Resistance, so we know they're good already. We don't need to learn about that. But I do want to point out one of the biggest points of canto bite is to bring finn into the resistance at that point he is not a resistance fighter he is a renegade stormtrooper f- trying to find ray right he up until that point until rose essentially teaches him that lesson because yeah. remember when he arrives on canto bite he's this place is great it's glitz and glam it's it's what i want it to be it's very surface level and as he learns he not only understands the galaxy as a whole better Mm -hmm. but he develops a connection to the resistance you know he he becomes he has a purpose at the end of episode eight and other than finding ray he didn't have a purpose up until that point so remember there well, are other points for it that are expanding on the characters. But again, yeah. we'll,
0: we'll see if episode nine kind of pays that off and makes us feel that that was a sure. transitional moment because we'll see where Finn ends up. Well, right, he didn't
1: leave. Right, <clears throat> he didn't take Ray and run away. So I think it already kind of paid off. But I, I feel you. Well,
3: I think I think that like that's very fair because I just feel like instead of telling me because this you is a visual medium, it, not- you need to show me that these people are, you know awful. You need to show me that they're heinous, because I, like, you know what I mean? And you, oh, I didn't see that. To your point, I could definitely see the, the canto bites team meet a lot stronger if you had a face. Like, right. Uh, and
0: I, and instead of, look at all these people. They make money from the war. Yeah. Like, like what if like, General Hux was there or yeah. something like that? Right. Like,
3: then I would be like, okay, this is mm-hmm. literally somebody that I've seen since the first movie. Right. I know he sucks. And, like, if I saw him there, I, like, can visually say okay because right, these people are his friends they know what he's into but in, if you tell me because you can't tell me that everyone there is selling weapons well i'm assuming you don't you know I mean? found like, it like sure. the statement of that a lot stronger when uh dj is basically like oh look
0: yeah bad guys good guys and he's going through and you're like oh yeah i see they're selling tie fighters they're evil there's an x-wing yeah like yeah. that's a little more hit you in the face of like oh yeah no no the good guys and the bad guys are both getting their weapons illegally yeah 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 Um, Because you had something, like you said, visual to grab Mm -hmm. you on it. Yeah.
1: Um, All fair, I think. That's
0: fantastic. This has been really interesting. Yeah.
1: I I think
0: Mac and I learned a lot. Yeah. So, Tavon, before we wrap up,
1: (laughs) (laughs) well, that's what, you know, we're here to learn too. We learn something new about Star Wars every day. And having said that, Tavon, is there anything else you want to add about being a new fan in the Star Wars galaxy in 2019?
3: I mean really just to put a pin on it like I said before you guys have created a monster. Um I'm very <laughs> very invested. Good. Um and I I mean you're not going to like everything about every movie no. but I And that's normal. I genuinely love the world that we have. Yeah. And I love that you know, we're going to continue to explore it. I'm so excited. Like I want to watch clone wars. I want to watch all these things. And I want to, you know, if you guys have like reading materials, like, you know, oh, get... we can, we can send you down we, some yeah. corridors if you want. Yeah. I'm, I'm oh, just, yeah. I'm, I'm very invested. Like I love, I love it. I love what they've done. I love the storytelling. I love the characters. Um, and it's, it's a very different experience because like I'm, playing catch up and everyone's just like everyone's like you know that emoji with like the red cheeks and like smiling because like you're just so happy for me you're like (laughs) finally well Tavon I want to say you know I'm really
0: glad to have you in the galaxy and that it is a better place having you here
3: I'm in the galaxy
1: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely all right well Tavon we are so happy to have you as a fan we hope to uh see you bring in other people to this fandom as well so thank you for being here with us we're gonna move on and talk about some other stuff you ready 100%. 100%. Awesome. Let's do it.
3: She's running away.
0: All right, we're back for yet another segment of star wars all in and now we're going to be talking about one of the most impressive one of the most controversial one of the most interesting things to happen to star wars in a while we're going to talk about the starship battle maneuver known as the holdo maneuver what exactly would be the holdo
1: maneuver ross well essentially What we have here is a battle taking place between the First Order and the Resistance in the crate system. Uh, The Resistance is trying to sneak away some transports to the planet crate to essentially uh, avoid the First Order destroying them. Well, due to some things that happen with uh, Benicio del Toro's character, uh, the relation of the fighters, the transport ships is uh, relayed to the First Order. They know now where they are. And they're shooting them down. They have no shields. They have no defenses. They have no weapons. They're essentially just target practice for this Star Destroyer. Mm -hmm. And so Amalyn Holdo, who is currently in charge of the resistance and what's left of it, makes a decision to try and help. She is left alone on a cruiser that is essentially out of fuel. She decides that she can't stand by and watch these people be destroyed like this so she goes to the chair she turns the ship around to face the first order uh essentially they say uh sir the resistance cruiser is preparing to jump to light speed and huck says it's empty they're just trying to pull attention away pathetic keep your attention on the transports and even the resistance lieutenant connick says she's running away so Everybody on the battlefield who's watching her says, well, she can't go anywhere. The ship's empty. It's out of fuel. What is she doing? What, what is she trying to do? It's got one hyperspace jump in it. That's the only thing you uh-huh. can do is a ship. And as realization dawns on the first order of what is about to happen, Hux orders her shot down. And right as he does that, she pumps it into hyperdrive and tears through many ships.
0: Now, Tavon, you you mentioned you
3: really liked the, how that sequence comes together, right? Mm-hmm. I this is one of my favorite scenes mm-hmm. ever in a movie, like oh, just okay. ever. <laughs> okay. And I I was I don't remember who which one of you guys I was talking to the other day about Hell this, yeah. but like I wish that I was in the movie theater and um. saw that with a group of people, like. The cause I didn't know what she was gonna I mean, you know what I mean? I don't think yeah, any, yeah, yeah. No, no one did. knew what she was no gonna one do. Was coming. Nope. And uh, the way that they shot it, um, and cause you know, everything else was happening, you know. Yeah, Ray and uh uh Kylo were fighting right. and mm-hmm. you're seeing these like the rebels are just being slaughtered, you yeah. know? And the fact that she did that, first of all, I mean, obsessed with Laura Dern, you know, okay. Um, <laughs> so we just have to get that out of the way, okay. But also, like, just the, the how they filmed that and the mm. silence of it all, yes. Like, this that's that's why I would have loved to be in the movie theater. It's kind of like, did you guys watch, um, What was the name of the movie where, like, the monsters could hear them? Emily Blunt was in it. Oh, A Quiet, um, Place. A Quiet Place. A Quiet Place. Did you guys watch that movie in theaters? Yeah, yeah it, I To me, like, that would have been, like, that scene would have just, like, felt, like, the tension.
0: Well, you could have heard a pin drop. Because yeah. it was
3: dead silent. And I it could have been so easily, like, just make a big boom. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the fact that they took time. And it was almost really like in black and white because the destroyers are white. Yeah. And they... then the space is black and you just see.
1: Almost like lightning tearing through Oh, them. it was
3: yeah. like a ton of them got like demolished. Mm-hmm. Um, And then that sound that I was telling you guys that yeah. I love of it going into speed <laughs> and just, oh my God. It was, it's amazing. And the, the fact that everyone doubted her. Yeah, really made it special. Yep, and the thing I
1: like about it is there are so many. I mean, the whole the Last Jedi is about characters making mistakes and learning from them. Mm -hmm. That is what the movie is about. Hux makes a mistake and learns from From it. it. If he had just listened to his gunner and and shot them down, you know, if he had just taken a moment and diverted attention from slaughtering the rebels, Mm -hmm. none of that would have been possible. Yeah. It's a
0: very target scene. It's the overconfidence yeah. of the Yeah, the, the hubris mm-hmm. of
1: Hawks and of the First Order is why she was able to do that. Mm-hmm. And without his incompetence, she would have been shot down and never been able to make that happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like to believe that that whole moment in The Last Jedi, so the throne room battle the execution of Finn and Poe. Oh, right. The, That's the that was happening. And yeah. uh, the the space battle, the space chase, are all happening simultaneously. So even though they're cut together, we're meant to feel that they're all happening at a moment. Right. But from the minute it goes to Holdo's eyes and she all of a sudden realizes what she's going to do, goes to the command chair on the bridge yeah. and executes the maneuver, it's only about 15 seconds of screen time. Yeah, So it's not like... <laughs> You know, there was all this time for her to plan this. This is definitely an in-the-moment, off-the-cuff maneuver. This is something that no one was expecting. Hux wasn't expecting. Connix wasn't expecting, as we see in the movie. Uh, You know, Poe was the one to say she's not running away. But, you know, did he know what was coming? That's open to interpretation. I think
0: he might have seen that she's going to ram them, but not at light speed.
1: Yeah, so I mean... It's the first time we see something in Star Wars. One of the things that comes up a lot is, well, doesn't this mean that we could have done this before? Could we have not run into hyperspace and destroyed the Death Star? You know, could we, you know, could, does this change what we've seen in the past? And a couple of points to that, but before I make them, Tavon, I'd like to know what you think. Since you've seen all of these now for the first time, Mm -hmm. did that make you think, well, why didn't they just throw a ship through the Death Star?
3: No, because I think that is a very last minute. This is the end of the line. I don't want these people to die. What am I going to do? Yeah. It's a desperation. It's a, it's it very is. desperate. And I don't think you attack something like the Death Star or something like, like, like this. You know what I mean? There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of planning and things like that because f- until you're in that situation, you don't really know the, 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 you know, gravity of it right. and like how right. big it is. Right. Um, And us as fans watching it, it's very different from them living it. You know, yeah. it's like, this is a war. You don't just, you know, in real life, you don't just like ram planes into don't... things. You, that's right. You, you know, know what well, I mean? Yeah, there's a lot of
0: people who said like, well, that maneuver doesn't make sense because well, why weren't we doing that the whole time? I'm like, well, for the same reason, the United States doesn't fight terrorism by saying suicide bombers in. Right. We, yeah. we don't, there's a cost to that that us as a civilization won't. So for the right. resistance and the rebels, why wouldn't they have used a ship that way? Well, they don't have a whole bunch of ships with enough mass that would damage the death star right. to just throw away yeah. right. with a skeleton crew that they're willing to sacrifice yeah. to right. do that. It's, and, I mean, the death star is the size of a planet. So what was yeah. a ship going to do? Well, even, even her ship, which is a big capital ship hits this giant capital ship and it shears one of the wings off. Right, yeah, which is Absolutely. enough to damage it, but that ship is still mostly intact. yeah, it's just well is still alive. So yeah, I mean,
1: that's all you really need to know, yeah, and also remember hyperspace technology could have changed in the thirty years mm. between the first death star and the well, last uh, jedi yeah too. okay,
0: well, let's not go into, let's not go to that because I feel that's where the traction of that story goes is the nerds like me who read too much about <clears throat> Star Wars science, yeah
3: I think, I just, I I really feel like, I think people had a lot of problems with The Last Jedi, which is fair. And I think it's very easy for people to just pick up things like that and immediately discount it. Yeah, Yeah. Um, In real life, that's not decisions that you make. You don't say, oh, they have a Death Star. You know what we should do? We should take a really big ship and ram it at light speed. Yeah, like that's literally not what well, you do. There's a there's a
0: concept in filmmaking. It's called uh, its actual name is the ice box uh, dilemma or sometimes referred to as the, you know, the fridge test, which is Alfred Hitchcock said, if you watch a movie, you go to the cinema, then you go home and in the middle of the night, you go to get a glass of milk from your ice box. You open up the door and you go, wait a minute. How did the killer stay in there the whole time? <laughs> Hitchcock said it doesn't matter. I won, I won't, I I beat you. If you don't think of the problem in the course of the movie, you believe the movie Mm -hmm. as you saw it, then it's fine. Yeah. Of course, when you think of movies, these nonsense games we play with fiction, (laughs) later on, some of the stuff doesn't make sense. How do lightsabers know how to go so far? Like, why do they stop? Like, none of this makes sense, but I don't, I really don't think there are very few many people that watched the Holden Maneuver and went like, like stark black. And in the silent moment where we're seeing this very stark black and white image and hearing, you know, the, just the crushing lack of sound. I think it was going like, wait a minute. Yeah. I have a computer would have <laughs> stop that from happening with anti-collision technology. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Like, like there's Pop-pop. a part of me that that night was like, she only took, like, 15 minutes. She'd have to disable the NAVA computer. She'd have to override all these safeties. Then she'd have to plot the course by hand because the NAVA computer's disabled. Like, there's a nerd in me that mm. went and started picking it apart. Not so much from the – I never understood the people who were like, well, why don't we just use suicide yeah. bombers to fight the war? I'm like, because we don't do that. It's People that don't no like sense. killing other people. Yeah, it's especially, <laughs>
3: especially people that are on your side. Like, what, what? are you going to do? Send a bunch of rebels? Like – to, to do this thing that it's, I mean, we just, it's just it, not going to work. the a reason even, that you know?
0: kamikaze war fighting happened in the Pacific against Americans and Japanese fighters crashing in ships was effective was because Americans who literally saw it happening still couldn't like bring themselves to shoot the AA guns because they mm-hmm. just couldn't believe that someone would be that crazy or that fear you know, furiously mm-hmm. dedicated mm-hmm. that they would just die right to make a glancing blow on a ship right like you know it it was such an existential horror that Mm -hmm. like it's just something we can't understand and i think that's supposed to be that way of like again the rebels aren't crazy enough to just keep sacrificing their men and women to just do stuff like that or Mm -hmm. they don't have ships They could just do that, but, Mm -hmm. um, but I will say, like, I did definitely think of in universe. I'm like, well, it would take her at least like half an hour to make that maneuver
3: possible. Well, so here's my thing about that. Yeah, and I mean, I don't. You, you're gonna school me on this. Oh, you're but like it's. Because she didn't say what they were going to do, yeah. isn't it possible that they had already prepped to go to light speed and all she had to do was turn the ship around? Because weren't they going to do that? And then they were well, like, well, they're going to catch us again. And, and
0: to Ross's point, mm-hmm.
3: there's a lot of time
0: compression as far as the visuals that we see. right? Where, Like you said, mm-hmm. we know that the ship strikes and that interrupts Kylo and race fight that stops the execution of Finn. Uh, Finn and Rose like all of that Happens at the same time but we're seeing it in Different pieces so Mm -hmm. Holdo We see the 15 seconds where she decides But did that happen Earlier in the sequence like When like could that have been happening At the same time that like Kylo's Killing Snoke like the time is wibbly-wobbly in the way yeah. we see it. It's tough to know exactly yeah. where the timing is specifically. Yeah. And it doesn't matter because it passes the refrigerator test because we know what happens, we see it happen, and we believe it in the moment. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah I uh, Words cannot describe how, like, excited... I am to watch that like just Whoa. over and over again. I actually yeah. favorited, there's a clip of it on YouTube that I actually <laughs> favorited in my YouTube because it's one of those things where it's so well done. Oh, it's yeah. So yeah. well done. And I love the fact that the entire time when Leo was down, we hadn't, I had no idea what this, what Holdo was about, you right. know? And we, we are already attached to Poe. So yeah. I'm, even mm-hmm. though, like I said, you know, he is essentially the villain of this movie. With You know what I mean? like Yeah, he's the how antagonist. Many... He, he makes the problems worse. He's right. I still am used to him, and I still have, like, he's still familiar to me. So I'm like, yeah, like, what is she doing, anyway, you know? And I think
0: it pays off in that moment because, like, like, Rosalinds, you, like, pose the first one to figure it out. Yeah. He's the one who, despite him clashing with Holdo so much, they're kind of cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're the same like bold maneuvers. And, and what Holdo who has all this speech about like, there's a plan and you just need to listen and you need to do this stuff. At the end of her life, she goes completely reckless and just decides like, no, I have to do something completely crazy, completely desperate because it's the only move we have left. Yeah. Which is a very Poe thing Mm -hmm. of, you know, Uh, jumping on the landmine so everyone else can survive. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I mean, Holdo even tells Leia um i forget the word she used but she says you know like he's wild or bad or something like that and she says i like that yeah Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and so you already kind of have a hint of like she's not against him she loves you know where he's where his thought processes go but he's not the one in charge i feel that almost in my my view
0: of it in the underpains She's like, when she comes up to Poe and she's like, you know, yeah, you're a fly boy. You think you know know everything. You're a hot shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know what to do with you. Like, I feel that some of that and the reason they clash is I think Holdo is very much that person. And she sees like a younger, Mm -hmm. like more reckless version of herself. Yeah. And she kind of hates that. Yeah. Right. You know, like you can see this with like families when like kids say something to their parents and the parents are like, Oh my God! It's like looking into a mirror. (laughs) Oh my God! What have I done? (laughs) Yeah, it's like like we get very frustrated with our own flaws coming out to show us. Like so, a lot of people clash with
3: people who are very similar Mm. to them because it's like
0: stop being me. I'm me.
3: (laughs) And also, you don't want to be reminded of your faults or things that you might not be. Because I mean, even when she's introduced as the the new you know leader leader of the rebellion oh, this is her from that battle? Really? Like, this is how she... So you know that she's yeah. been through some mm-hmm. some deep things before. Right. And you know that she probably has made decisions like this right. before. Had to make hard decisions Yeah. Before, she's gone
0: yeah. through the journey that we expect Poe to go through of, at some point, she was a fighter mm-hmm. for the Rebellion, and now she's a leader. A leader. And she had to go through all the... Yeah. The... the awful decisions and the things you are going to live with for the rest of your life of could i have done that could i have done this Mm -hmm. like second guessing yourself Mm -hmm. that got her to where she is and poe's
3: gonna end up there as well right and i think when he realized what she was doing i think this is gonna be the bridge for him to really step into that leadership role um because yeah. it's it's very like it was it was very like present and he was there and he witnessed it. And I think he's going to grow a lot from that.
0: Yeah. And we at least yeah. we, we see the um, we see that at the very end of the movie, we see basically like Finn has learned the lesson of Holdo and basically wants to fall in her footsteps. I'll go suicidal to stop the cannon. That'll be the thing. And then you just see Poe like going. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't mm-hmm. do that. I know what that means now. I yeah, understand right. why we don't want you to be that. Yeah, right. I know what I am now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it Well, at the end of the
1: day, Poe's journey, he's learning about necessary versus unnecessary sacrifice. Right. Right. At the beginning, he sees oh, a destroyer yeah. and we're going to take it down. But by losing your whole bombing fleet and a lot of your X Wings, Yeah, you took down one. What about the next one and the next mission and the next mission? Whereas with Holdo's maneuver, they were out of options. Everyone was dead or she did that. Those were the choices. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas then we get to Finn again and all of a sudden Poe has learned this lesson. This is not the desperation move. They're going to blow this door. They're coming in here no matter what. We're stuck in a hole. There's no way for us
0: to escape this this way. We're not going to win this fight. Exactly
1: yeah. so you know he realizes This is not situation B This is situation A I've grown I'm gonna make this call Right mm-hmm. we've gotten way off topic And that's okay
0: No we're just talking about Holdo and the
3: character that <laughs> yeah. Right because I, what I she is still, did yeah. Was very Because cause even if Even like at the beginning um, When Poe was Like this is what we're gonna do Like we could take this down right? right And then they blow it up Right. And Leia's like smiling and then she looks down at the screen and it's like all of those pilots are dead, yeah. you know, and I think that's a lesson that he had to learn and I think he learned it through what she did. Right. And, and mm-hmm. I think instead of like people, you know, discounting that scene or, you know, the, the holdover maneuver, I feel like you really have to look at it as like that was not even for her. 'Cause that's right. the last that we, right. you know, are gonna see of her. But like for what that does for the universe and moving forward. Yeah. You know, for these characters, because Poe definitely got something out of that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah. and uh, and
0: I think at the end of the day, that's uh, the whole crux of the hold'em maneuver is it is the last gasp of the resistance, her saving what's left mm-hmm. of the resistance. But it's also the first strike against the downfall of the First Order. Because they destroy what is essentially the capital world of the First Order. That ship is Snoke's essential residence. Mm. That's the capital center of the First Order, essentially.
1: It'll be interesting to see, because I'm of the belief, at the end of Episode 8, the First Order and the Resistance are both
0: decimated.
1: The First Order still has more, but... The, you know, the
0: first order is hurt at the at the center. The supremacy yeah. has been destroyed. Yeah. it's crippled. Yeah. and their leader is dead. Yeah, but they have control of worlds across the galaxy. Yeah, the resistance has nothing outside of this small group of people, but all the potential sure. to build on that. Win. Sure,
1: except when we're talking politically, right? The first order is seizing control of some systems, but the republic government still. I mean. Systems are not the
0: entire Hosean system was destroyed. Well, right, but oh, right. just In because the, the White Awakens, House right? was blown up yeah. doesn't
1: mean we stop being a democracy. All of a sudden, I mean, but
0: it's, but, but it's not like Washington DC, D.C. being taken out. It's like North America, the entire continent, going. There's no one left yeah. who is even a clerk for the government. What I think though well, is, okay. okay, that's just well, yeah, now that's, we're really off yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> what
3: I think is. To your point, there is hope, yeah, and I feel like that's something that I mean. The first order doesn't have that at all. No, they mm-hmm. just you know conquer and command. Th-
0: their view of their own supremacy has just been yeah. shattered, yeah. which is the the spine
3: yeah. in which it stands. Right. And I think whenever we even um the casino planet, what are we, Cantobite? We, Cantobite, even well, the
1: Cantonica, right? Is Cantonica the city? Oh, I don't remember. It well, Kento bites the.
3: It's de- bites definitely the 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 place, the city, so the the, yeah. the, um, the casino
1: planet. Yeah,
3: Navy, where when we see that little boy who has the force at the end. Yeah, yeah. Like things like that is why. You know, I'm aligning with you where like there is this hope that's gonna gonna continue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Even though, and it's it's like I was looking at this like. So how many people do we, we have like three people left <laughs> in the resistance? Um, yeah, I've been, I've been calling it the rebellion. I'm sorry. People are going to hate me. You're OK. Um, nah. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> needed this guys. But, you know, we have like three people left in the resistance. And I'm like, what is what is going on right now? Yeah. And I mean, and, and again, just to kind of wrap this
0: all up with the Holdo maneuver. I think, like I said, I think Holdo's thing is this fulcrum where like the resistance as it's been up to now has to become the rebellion, mm-hmm. and she's sort of the the pivot on mm-hmm. that, where you go from, you know, the, the resistance dies at crate, but the new rebellion is born on crate at the same exact uh, yeah, time. Yeah, I mean yeah. they
1: literally say that. Well, yeah, know? she I mean, she represents Luke that concept that, yeah. that we're
0: carrying into Episode Nine of lighting the spark that will light the fires yeah. of rebellion. Yeah, yeah. So it, it it's really great. And it's one of the most interesting and different things in the Star Wars visual vocabulary as far as film goes, because mm-hmm. it's such a, such a different, unique mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I'm great. so,
3: I am so impressed. Well, it was a surprise.
1: Yeah. At the end of the day, it was something no one saw coming. Correct?
3: Right. And that's the thing. Like, it's not like I, Again, I take the production and the cinematography and all that very seriously, be- but the the fact that that was all great, but narratively, it did so much as well. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, so you cast Laura Dern, you know, she's taking a break from uh, Big Little Lies or whatever she's doing. Yeah. And she's going to be in this movie and she's going to wear a purple wig and then we're going to kill her off. Like, you know, she has like three scenes, yeah. but those... Every single thing that she was in was very important narratively. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that's, I think that's, that's just what I love about it. And I think that's what I didn't really care for in the rest of that movie is like, I didn't really know narratively where it was going. Sure. Um. Again, because we don't know how it's going to wrap up yet, you know, well, but yeah, yeah, this will but all as far be as, different in a couple of months. Right. And I think, you know, it's, there is a benefit to binge watching things like just because, you know, i I watched all of them, <laughs> Yep. you know, back to back, um, I've never really had to do this, and you guys had to do this so much. Where I'm like, okay, so what happens next? Here we go, you know. And I mean, um,
1: I know waiting. Wait, at least we only have to wait two years now between movies and two, movies, and not three.
0: But I, but I mean. And I the think shows this was such a too. it's it's yeah. such a cool thing that we saw. And it, like you said, it's gonna be really exciting to see where this and the moment we we're building here, yeah, what that leads mm-hmm. to. And in a couple of short weeks, we'll be able to find out. But for now, I think we have to close the book on our discussion of what the holdo maneuver means mm-hmm. here in late 2019 because it may have a different feel in 2020. Yeah. That's, yeah. Really right. that's right. That's
1: right. We might have to revisit it. Okay.
0: All right. With that, let's uh let's wrap this up and we'll go on to something else. Beautiful. The captain says you are a friend. I will not kill you. K2SO was built by the Empire, and he was reprogrammed and is now Cassian's right hand droid. Where are you taking these prisoners?
3: He is taking us to quiet. And there's a fresh one if you mouth off again. (laughs) I've heard him described as the anti C3PO.
0: I do not like her.
3: Did you know that wasn't me?
2: (sighs) This is great because it's like when
1: you're a kid and you're playing Star Wars. Actual things are blowing up, huge things
0: on fire. It's the best version for the kid that still lives inside of you. Punch it! I'm not very optimistic about our odds. Not now, Kate!
1: And welcome back to Star Wars All In. This is Ross, still here with Mac and Mm Tavon. And we're going to talk about something else now. We're going to talk about a murder droid.
0: Oh, We're we're not
1: going to talk about Triple Zero, no. We're going to talk about K-2SO. We are going to talk about the Imperial Security Droid that is reprogrammed by Cassian Andor and serves on the crew of Rogue One in the Star Wars movie Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So, K2 and Cassian have a little bit of a history. Uh, Cassian was on a mission where he essentially is caught by a security droid, and the way to get out of it is to essentially reprogram him. And so what happens is he is attempting to reprogram K2SO in the moment. Um, Other stormtroopers, other security droids are there with him. Um, You know, they fight their way out after a couple of attempts at reprogramming K2 because the first one doesn't go so well they only erase something like 29 point something percent of his memory so he comes out of his shutdown and still wants to kill Cassian and starts to <laughs> strangle him and you know um, basically uh, it's this whole meeting and by the way this all takes place in the uh, Cassian Andor and K2SO one shot which for those of you who don't know is a single Marvel comic issue that came out that's a tie-in so hmm. basically the whole comic is about Cassian and K2 meeting. So basically, events happen. He reprograms K2, and that's why he has such an odd personality. That's why he has such a specific personality is this reprogramming that happened. So I don't want to spend too much time on that because we want to talk about the K2 we see on film okay, in the movie. And the reason we're talking about K2SO tonight is because Tavon liked this character brought this up that mm. he liked this character and wanted to talk about it more so that's what we're going to do. So Tavon, I'd like to ask you what did you like about K2? You know, what made that a character that stood out to you? Uh was it his sense of humor? Was it his design? Was it the acting? You know, what did you like about it?
3: All of the above, honestly. <laughs> sure, I think that's um, fair. I love I love his sense of humor. I think that I, I think he's the funniest character to me in the Star Wars universe. Um, everything he said. And the reason that I love that sense of humor is because it's genuinely what he felt. And he really isn't malicious. He's just very blunt with everything that he says. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I can kind of relate to that, but <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. Um, but I I love that he was on the other side, and you know, got you know reprogrammed and like switched over, so he still looked like he was an imperial droid. Um, but he was with the rebellion. Like I love that yeah, juxtaposition. Yeah. Um, and I just, I loved where, like, his thought process about everything. And I think that's one thing that I took away. Like, I love that droids in the Star Wars universe do what they are programmed to do. Right. And they don't stray. Like, they just... They have
1: personalities, but they're still, to a certain extent, a slave to their programming.
3: Right. Um and i just to me the relationship be- between him um and cassian right yep yeah um was just like they were they were friends and they cared about each other and there was loyalty there um and i just i just really connected with his sense of humor and the fact that like this was such a depressing movie (laughs) but the fact that he constantly made it like really fresh and really funny and and the point was like he wasn't really like c3po or you know um jar jar but like his sense of humor had to do with what was happening right at the time um in a very like you know like honest way like this is like i think at one point right he goes um do you want to hear like the percentage of like the chance that we're going to survive or Mm -hmm. something like that. And I'm like, actually, I do (laughs) like tell me (laughs) Um, before we do this. Um, So I don't know. I just I really, really liked him. And he him and Cassian are going to have a series right on Disney Mm Plus, which I am all in for. (laughs) I cannot wait um to to explore their, their lives some more. So I'm really excited.
1: Well, let's start by talking about his humor more in depth because okay. I think that is what most people really like about him. I am in the camp where when I first saw Rogue One, I, I thought that, oh, this is odd. This feels like we wanted 3PO, but we wanted him to have muscle too, so we just kind of have this new droid now that is still going to quote statistics and still going to make quips, but is also going to be physically capable. But the more I watch Rogue One and the more I listen to what he's actually saying, it is a very different sarcastic sense of humor that they have sort of now made it clear that it comes from the reprogramming, the kind of In the moment, in the field, reprogramming. So some of the jokes that we're talking about here, if you haven't watched Rogue One recently, when the rebels are first breaking Jin out of prison, uh, she makes an escape, tries to get out, hits a rebel with a shovel or something like it, and goes to run out the back of the transport and is grabbed by K2. And he basically slams her into the ground and says, congratulations, you are being rescued. Please do not resist. (laughs) Yeah,
3: he floors her um like when I when I watch it like I kind of like my breath is like (gasps) you know what I mean like one of those um but yeah I mean great introduction to that character right
1: absolutely I I mean I think it is I really do I like that moment Mm -hmm. you know just because you don't know what to expect we hadn't seen this type of droid before
0: well and Well, it just, it frames up his contradiction, his central contradiction that makes him interesting, which is he is an Imperial thug. You can just say, like, he doesn't have a neck. He is designed to be just this brick Mm -hmm. wall of a, you know, like mafioso enforcer. I mean, he's an interrogation droid is his function, right? Yeah, absolutely. So
1: so he actually even says, I'm a reprogrammed Imperial
0: droid uh, and... Yeah, and so yeah. you see him as this absolute brute picking up a person and just you know tossing him around like a toy. Yeah, and then his his conversation is C three PO like it's weirdly polite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know, like the congratulations. It's like, what you you, you just
3: choke slammed me. me. Why are you yeah. saying nice things to me? Yeah, yeah. I and, actually think it's really because I never thought he he never reminded me of C three PO. Sure, and I mean. You, you know my thoughts on C3PO. <laughs> um, right, the fussy butler doesn't do anything for you. Right, yeah. and I think like the difference between there may have been because he is capable. That could uh, be that a could be big it. part of it. Um, but to me, he wasn't really... There was never a negative tinge. There was more so a realistic this well, is what can happen if we do this. Like, are you really giving her a gun? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like things think, like that.
0: I think the thing that, that I think we, we, we would say that channel C3P is just more the, the fact of like, he's a servant. So he sure. has a way of talking. That's always sort of like pleasant to mm-hmm. a degree. And, and I think that's what makes K2SO is different is the, we're giving her a gun. I don't get a gun. Like, you know, yeah. he, he's kind Why does of, she
1: get a blaster and I don't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Right. There's there's a certain, um, you know, formality to that. Right. Mm -hmm. If you know, if you were actually angry, you just fold your arms. But he doesn't. He very Mm -hmm. calmly just asks, why don't I get a gun? Yeah,
1: I find that vague and I find that answer vague and unconvincing. Yeah. You're letting (laughs) her keep it. Would you like to know the probability of her using it against you?
3: <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm, this is what I live for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's so good. It's so good. Because you're right, he's not just pouty and having an attitude about it. No. And he's also extremely composed yeah, about yeah, exactly. everything. Um, which makes it a little bit more a little bit more like, you know, Brad that he's like, yeah. Like people are like dying around him and he's, you know, like, <laughs> well, and I yeah. think,
0: um, to like Ross's point where you kind of gave us that, that opening to who his character is. I think the interesting thing is, yeah, he's hastily reprogrammed. So he's still an Imperial security, like, mm-hmm. you know, this tool of evil, but he's leashed to our side. Right. He, he's going to yeah. help us. Even though what he really wants to do is like, What he was originally programmed to do. And also, to
1: your point earlier, just real quick, Mac, his purpose, he was programmed for strategic analysis. Oh, okay. That's what he says in the film. Now, I don't know if... I would think that would not be the purpose of him in the Empire. His purpose was security.
0: He was, you know... you know. Well, you never know what... How multifunctional that droid uh, platform is supposed to be. Because
3: strategic, which is, you know, he does spit out those percentages like clockwork correct but the way that he's built looks like he's gonna like you know yeah when you think of an an, them on the ground when mm-hmm. you think of an mm-hmm. analyst you think of a skinny skinny like person C-3PO. yeah you yeah. think, of, think C-3PO. of c-3po yeah because he's c-3po is a translator <laughs> right. so he doesn't have to be huge um so like why is k2so not Especially when we've seen other, uh, this is getting a little me off the bat, but
0: there's been other droids like the Death Star droid, which is basically a protocol with kind of more of a bug head. Mm -hmm. Like we've seen more of Imperial, for lack of a better term, thinking droids, droids Mm -hmm. that their job is probably clerical work or analysis. Mm -hmm. So K2SO, if he's programmed for that, it definitely feels like, well, he was programmed for that. I mean, his original job was beating
3: people up, but now he does this. Right. (laughs) He definitely has like, you know, he pulls double duty. Like on like a destroyer somewhere. Well, the rebels so are stretched tall. thin. You know, the <laughs> yeah. rebels need
1: him for everything they can get.
3: And he's so tall. He's very yeah. He's I very t- I he's love very that huge. about
0: it because the yeah. the actor, um, oh. Alan Tudic alan tudyk uh you know he's on like is that alan tudyk yeah Yeah. i did not realize that oh yeah he's changing lives here when he was being when he made 2k2so he's like walking around on painter stilts and he's got these big things on his arm to extend where his arms are gonna hang as like reference for the animators Mm -hmm. he's just such a big lanky thing yeah
1: um i love it so okay so we get through the the first bit yeah uh Jyn is rescued by Cassian and K two, so you know now that he's gotten over the whole blaster thing. They're on their way to Jeddah. They arrive on Jeddah, and he gets the other joke. You know, Jyn referred to him refers to him as target practice. You know, can we leave target practice behind? Well, because he's so <laughs> pure, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And he goes, are, "Are you talking about me? I can blend in. I'm an Imperial droid. The city is under Imperial occupation. I'm surprised you're so concerned with my safety." Uh, and Jin goes, "Well, no, I'm I'm worried they're gonna shoot at you and miss and hit me."
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're back and forth. And then, were great. and
1: then, my favorite yeah. joke, the one that felt the most out of place, but I still really liked it, is after she says that, he goes, "Doesn't sound so bad to me," but he kind of whispers it
0: to himself, like it's yeah, just this yeah. weird little there's like. A, there's a little kid quality to him. Yeah, there's a he's a very new being, right? Yeah. He obviously hasn't been on. Under- in the universe very long Mm -hmm. and there's certain things at least not like
3: this yeah even like the
0: the she gets a blaster kind of comes off a little bit of like well the kid's sister gets a blaster why don't i get a blaster like there is a little like like um hurt feeling that no one appreciates how capable he is like he's Uh he's like a little Mm -hmm. kid who wants to be treated like like I'm seven. I'm not a little kid right. anymore. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. well, and when we get into Jeddah, we get another moment of that. You know, Jin and Cassian are fighting. Jin has the E 11 in hand. She's taking out stormtroopers with that in her baton. She spins around. There's another KX droid there and she takes a shot. It goes down, and all of a sudden, she has this look on her face like, oh no, did I just kill him? And mm-hmm. then he walks around the corner and all, you know, D- did you know? That wasn't me. You know, he's basically like, and all, didn't you stay on the ship? And he goes, well, I, I did, but it was boring. And I thought you were in trouble. Uh, awful yeah. lot of explosions mm-hmm. for two people trying to blend in. Yeah. And then he just, he has that grenade in his hand while he's giving that, you know, that talk. Yeah. Then he throws <laughs> it, it be- behind him as the stormtroopers blow up. And he goes, you're right. I should have stayed on the ship. Like he knows his abilities. And mm. I find that very funny in a droid. Yeah. I, I kind of think of him as if arc two could talk. Like, if we could yeah. understand R2, yeah. That's, I think yeah. him and K2 would have similar personalities. Yeah. You know, okay. they might butt heads a little bit, but I feel like he has That's the confidence really that funny. R2 has, right?
3: Yeah, because, like, especially what you hear C-3PO say back to R2-D2. Yeah. Like, he's definitely, yeah. Yeah, K2, uh, K2SO K two would have a lot
0: of fun screwing with C-3PO as well. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: Because he's so, like, uptight whereas you know like i think i feel like k2so is just like very down for the mission and like very yeah. down to be like on the ground and working and like yeah. doing it
0: he's excited to
3: be what he is yeah
0: you know yeah, he's excited to do his programming and be in dangerous situations and stuff like that mm-hmm. totally
1: okay so there are a few other moments as we got throughout the film i think the one we need to call out at the end is you know I'll be there for you, Cassian says. I have to, mm-hmm. you know. Th- there's yeah. that moment at the end, and I think a lot of people like that. You know, get get a good laugh out of that. But then we get into the final act here, and and we have some battles, and we get to you know K two helping them break into Scarif, break into the 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 citadel there, make and the plans, yeah, yeah, and and essentially we get to kind of K 2s last scene here.
3: Yeah, so that's definitely what I wanted to talk about, like just when. Jin gives him the blaster. Yeah, that is. I mean, that's. I mean, this is why. Like, I love this movie because mm-hmm. there was just the arcs for the characters was just so well realized to me. Um, and I, I got a lot out of that. And it, like, I, I, you have it. Did he even say anything, or did he just? Yeah, he seemed like he wrote every line
0: down. Yeah. yeah. So I,
1: I kind of stopped when we got to that point, because I when I was keeping track of his lines, I was focusing yeah. more on his sense of humor. I'm really sure. Sh- but you, are you talking about what does he say to Jin?
3: Because I, I feel like Jin, and people are going to correct us, but yeah. I feel like when she hands him the blaster, they literally just look at each other, and then Cassian yeah. calls for her. Yeah. And she runs away. Yeah. Like, I I think it's an it's unspoken. It's a silent respect. Yeah. And yeah. that's, like, I'm happy he didn't say anything. Because there was yeah. nothing for him to say.
1: Well, he's completing the mission. You right. Know, as exactly. he's programmed to do. And so we see him taking out, I mean, at first, storm these stormtroopers come. Troopers. He's just lifting one up and yeah. throwing the body into other stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. I mean, just taking them out. And then as we're cutting back and forth between him, what's happening on the beach, and what's happening with Jin and Cassian at the claw machine, Basically, there's all of these things happening, and he's just taking out stormtroopers the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's taking them down, and he keeps taking damage. He keeps getting shot, and eventually that ends up being his demise. Yeah. He just takes too much damage. But I do have one question about that for both of you because yeah. I couldn't figure it out. When Jin has that blaster on sca- on um, Jetta, she shoots that KX droid one time in the chest, and it goes down. How does K2SO take all of those blasts and keep going? That first blast he got in the back shoulder is only a couple of, maybe an inch above where that other droid was shot in the chest. And it goes down instantly. So why does K2SO keep surviving after taking all these hits?
0: Well, it is a movie that's, about yeah. wizards.
3: Yeah, that's a really good... I mean, kind of like what we talked about before, uh, you know, about like the gravity and all that stuff. Yeah, like,
1: and I mean, that's fine. There yeah. isn't necessarily... Well, say, there doesn't yeah. have to be an if answer. you want me to it... Yeah. But I'm it, curious as yeah. to what your thoughts I say that the one on
0: Jedha, which is a remote outpost, is in poor maintenance, and sure. it's not as well maintained, where Cass and Ander has made sure K2SO is, <laughs> is at his top prime. Shame. <laughs> and yeah. there's another thing you could also argue, which, I mean... If that droid's job isn't straight-up combat, maybe when it takes a hit as a self-preservation, it just shuts down. Yeah. So maybe that droid's not destroyed. It just took the hit, the system took a shock, and it's like, to protect the Imperial data, shut
3: down.
1: Yeah, and that could very well be. That could very well be. I just just couldn't find the answer. Yeah.
3: Just because I'm into, like, um, you know, rainbows and butterflies, (laughs) I really just want to think about it as, like, he knew that he had something to do and he just pushed well, I through. Think, I he has think there's a destiny. Yeah. yeah, I
1: think that I think that's needs to be considered too. Yeah. I think
3: droids
1: are because they're given personalities in the Star Wars universe, we think of them as more than a machine. We right. don't think of them as terminators with no emotion and no feeling. We think of them as people, as yes. personalities. And just because there's no Soul, you know, maybe in Star Wars, the right way to say it is there's no, they're not connected to the living force. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they're still not a part of the force's destiny and what it's sure. giving well, us, right? Sure.
0: It's kind of funny because I think the most ridiculous thing about that, like just processing that is, is George Lucas talked about like when he made the droids, he's like, they're toasters. No one is surprised by a robot. They're so commonplace. They're property. They're not people. No one would ever think of robots becoming, you know, oh, they're enslaved, they need to be freed. No one in the Star Wars galaxy is, like, thinking that. And that's been pretty much the whole ride. Like, even Caster Andor, who really likes K2SO and has him as a companion, is still really dismissive of him and treats him somewhat like a blaster or a ship. Mm -hmm. Important, because you're important to my mission and my ability to accomplish my job, and it's nice to have someone in the ship when I'm hopping between these planets, but he's not... He's not equally a human being yeah. l3 and solo is about as close as we yeah, get yeah i was that. gonna say we're
1: well, getting think, closer and closer with that
3: i think whenever you're thinking about that too it just depends on like the the relationship you have it like because i feel like bb8 and like Dameron oh, yeah. are like really close right you know and like even like whenever uh bb8 just like like ru- like uh runs past uh well, not, you know, not run Right. But Zips away I, from it, him. Like, zooms past Finn, you know, whenever he <laughs> sees him. Because he thinks, yeah. everybody thinks that Poe's dead. Um, so, like, you do have that, like, familiarity. Because even though it's, it's kind of like, you know, like... We've watched things where, well, you know, Batman has his favorite, like, you know, battery uh, or whatever. You have your yeah. favorite gun or, you know what I mean? Well, like, I think the funny not. thing about it is, and that's why I think it's ridiculous,
0: is, like, we as fans are like, oh, BB-8's my cat. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you know R2-D2's my oh, dog. Like, clearly. we obviously <laughs> super imprint on these robots, but in that universe, mm-hmm. it's apparently a weird thing to do that. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's not the norm. Yeah, a lot but, of people think,
1: of, I mean, there are plenty of novels and things where the character is having this internal thing thought of this is just a tool well even this like is just
0: even yeah. like the universe's the galaxy's favorite droid r2d2 even like the tech who's like loading up the x wing is like oh your unit's bought up busted up do you want me to get you a new one and he's like no and i'm like <laughs> yeah and apparently that's a weird thing to ask yeah. like they're yeah. just like Hey, by the way, like your helmet looks sting. Do
3: you want a different right. one? Right. It's yeah, like totally. your. It's like you know, my AC that I have isn't getting as getting my room as cool as I want because I've had I, it for like you know six years, so I should probably buy another one. It's like that. It's like yeah. just. Right. It's not functioning, so just get me another one. Totally. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally feel that. But I think because when you do give them specific personalities, Analities. it's a little bit different. You sure. know, because like if every time I turned on my AC and it like sang to me or something like that, I'd be like a little. I feel a little weird about like tossing it, you know. <laughs> right. But
1: okay, right. so the next question I was going to ask is, do we feel K two is too similar to three PO? But it sounds like no one here is feeling
3: that way. Well, I mean, how do? Because I don't, I don't, I don't feel that I way. But what do you reason, think? Yeah.
0: I think the reason people imprinted C three PO is because he is overly. Like analytical, like he's overly just like explaining the situation. Like C3 did. You know, C3 was like the odds of getting into an asteroid mm-hmm. belt are this, and I don't understand the humans. Why do they do this? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he's a he's a voice for the droid plight. And I don't think k 2s oh really ends up there. Cause mm-hmm. while he says some of that stuff, like, yeah. I don't understand humans. Why are you giving her a gun? Mm-hmm. Why you know, why do I have to do this stuff? He's like I think Tavon said, like, he's capable so it takes the edge off of that he's not
3: he's not complaining so much as observing right i don't think anything he said was a complaint like even when he asked about why she gets the blaster yeah i'm like that's a very valid question because we just like she was literally going to be in jail. You know what I mean? Right, like right. she I, was not, she's no, not a good person. And you so, know, he's already calculated the odds exactly. of how, how likely yeah, he is her like trial. Every single, every, e- like every single thing he said was 100% valid. Yes. Whereas I feel like C3PO it, a lot of the times is incorrect or like, is like, over-analyzing or over-dramatizing like dramatizing the situation. Right. Which, I mean, it's life or death for them, for the characters, right? right? So, I mean, I don't think, you know, you react how you react. Um, but there wasn't really any time that he said something that it turned out the way that he said it. Yeah. Like, oh, we should just turn ourselves in, like, Darth Vader's not gonna kill us all. Excuse me? <laughs> like, are we... <laughs> Are we well, watching the same movie?
0: <laughs> well, yeah. You you yeah. feel that also? K two s o understands the way the world works a lot better than C three. That's, yeah, that's yeah. That's
3: that's I yeah. And I think also. I, I mean, I don't really know. You guys can tell me about like how reprogramming yeah. works because like. But he does understand the other side. Yeah, because well. the way it's established, from what Ross was
0: saying is like he knows that he's an Imperial security droid. He knows yeah. what the empire is capable of. He knows what he's probably been doing the years before Cass and Andrew found him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He's been given this new reprogram. He's been basically given a new mission, which is like, Hey, instead of crushing life, you're now going to protect
3: it. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, I've been really bad at that up to this point. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if I'm ready to do that. <laughs> I mean, even his, like when he says, um, uh, were they on Jeddah? is that the planet mm-hmm. um and he was like i'm i fit in the most out of everybody here yeah and like to me that's never a realization that c3po would get like he would no. never ever think of that you know what i mean like yeah. it's just yeah. Yeah. yeah he
1: would never put himself into a situation like right there they are yeah well they purposes that leads are to
0: different. The- only sad thing i feel about k2so is there's still a part of me that wishes he was maybe like a destroy Dero- star droid or something like that because while they do a great job in this movie of showing more kx units it's one of the things of like if they ever get to another special edition of the uh, ot i would love to see some of his model in the background mm-hmm. just to kind of make that a permanent part of the Imperial yeah, forces. He, yeah. he,
1: he should be chasing Han and Chewie down a Death Star hallway. Right. Like, right, Because be that, this was the first time there, we yeah.
3: saw them, right? Correct. Like, yeah, that was it was a new yeah.
1: creation for this film. I have
3: a question about droids just in general. Like, yeah. other than K2SO, C3PO, and I don't remember the one from Solo. L3. Oh, L-L3. L3. L L3. L3-3-3-7. Which, who I also didn't mind. Yeah. I didn't mind her. She um, has a personality. Yeah. Um, a strong one. They are those are the only droids that talk in the main Skywalker movies, right? any meaningful way there are little bits of incidental stuff like there's the
0: slave in droid in the the palace. Uh, Yeah, in the bowels of the palace um, there are ones like at the beginning of episode one there's the silver protocol uh cqp and the one yeah. who's like like yeah. any refreshments for you gentlemen oh, like there's just little yeah, incidentals yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the battle droids roger roger yeah. like Mo- so, okay, in Star Wars that's called a vocabulator the thing that makes it turn into human speech rather mm-hmm. than binary which is the beeps and bloops yeah. and basically unless your droid has a reason to have that they don't have it Right. Mm. like most droids don't need that because yeah. R2D2 his job in the universe is a mechanic he fixes right. starships yeah. so
1: like with R2 for example all of his communication because he only needs to communicate when he's in the starship gets translated onto a screen for the pilot
0: Wait, who? Like R2D2. Like R2D2. R2-D2. Yeah, okay. Yeah, how so. does
3: Ray how does she understand what he's saying?
0: That's a power of uh, Star Wars protagonists is that <laughs> they can just understand binary. Okay. Uh Anakin can do it, Luke can do it, and Ray can do it. Yeah. And Poe can do it. Wait, who did uh, yeah. who's the,
3: who the first person he said?
1: Anakin.
0: Oh, okay. And and other Yeah, I
1: mean basically people who take the time to get to know their droids Seem to know
3: yeah. But I mean Ray can understand BB-8 right off the bat. Maybe it's because she's a, a raven. Like, uh, what is? What do you call her? Well, she's a scrapper. Well, a she, all, Scrapper. Yeah. Pretty
1: much all droids speak the same language. They, yeah, have the bloops and
0: bloops is called bri- binary, and it's mm-hmm. some language they all basically all droids are programmed to know it. Yeah. yeah
1: so. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and at <laughs> yeah. the end of the day,
0: the reality is, it's it's just the same reason that Timmy could understand Lassie. For the story sure. to work, sure. this story can't to be happen. completely mute. But we also don't want to write it lines. Right. So I will give credit that Ryan Johnson did write lines. Uh, it's one of the interesting things is BB-8, like when Poe's talking to him at the beginning of Last Jedi, the, BB-8's lines are in the script of what his beeps and bloops mean. Yeah. Oh, that's. I actually think that's awesome. Yeah, because there's it a is. line from Star Wars that's in every single Star Wars. I have a bad feeling about this. Yeah. And BB-8 is technically the person who says that in Last Jedi. Oh, it's that's just awesome. In mm-hmm.
1: Beautiful. Well, does anyone have anything else to add about oh, k yeah, So which yeah. Is yeah, right.
3: I'm. We took a yeah. Um, it's okay. He's I, just rad. yeah, no, yeah, he's he he's is. awesome, and I I can't wait to see more of him. Yeah. Um, I I am very interested in what he's gonna say. Um,
0: <laughs> well, it'll be fun to watch him and Cassian Andor build up that, you know, working couple relationship that they have, mm-hmm. um, because it it's definitely a good cop, bad cop scenario, yeah. and I like it a lot. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> well, we'll revisit K2 in the years to come mm-hmm. once we have the Cassian Andor series. Uh, let's take a quick break and come back with another topic.
0: All right. And so another episode of star Wars all in comes to a close. It's been fun. It's been real. We've, we've gone a lot of places and we've had a special guest, which we've had a great pleasure hearing from you. Devon, do you have any closing thoughts? Anything that you, you wanted to say that we missed anywhere in the segments we recorded? Anything you want to plug?
3: Yeah. Um, no, I, I honestly am very proud of you guys. I love the work you're doing. Um I'm so so grateful that you guys invited me to be on your podcast. <laughs> and I'm excited about, you know, being a, a fan and, mm. you know, living this out with you guys. I'm really excited. So thank well, you. Well, we
1: definitely appreciate that. We definitely appreciate you listening. We definitely appreciate you being here and telling us all about your experiences because they're experiences we couldn't have had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no,
0: it's it's so cool seeing this universe from your perspective and i think you have the same going the other way it's like it's really cool to just compare notes of like oh you guys saw it this way and i saw it this way just because mm-hmm. of the way we came into this galaxy right yeah it's really
1: cool absolutely well i had a great time tonight As oh, yeah. did I. Yeah. it was
3: it was very fun i learned a lot <laughs> good, and good. i'm excited to keep learning um and diving a little bit deeper. Well, we're going to make sure to tell you all about
1: the extended universe out there and what else Star Wars has to offer. So we'll definitely fill you in on that.
0: I know you will. Yeah, we got lots to talk about there. All right, because your journey is just beginning. And like I said earlier, it's a big, wide galaxy, and we're really glad to have you as part of it thank you alright and with that that ends another episode of Star Wars All In we thank you for listening we can't wait for you to be back next week when we have another episode where we talk about even more topics in the galaxy so until then
3: may the forest be with you
0: this production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Purvis III Ross Greco, and those involved in its production it is meant for entertainment purposes only other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, movie clips, and sound bites, rights are reserved, and the respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2019.